Good morning, my sisters. It has been a while. Um, we are here in the aftermath of the, the the media storm that has been on every page and every angle and every social media platform, but we're still here. So, um, and we're doing what we do best. I know that uh, we got a little off track last week, so I get it. We've got some more shows that are coming that um, we had to take, and you were anticipating them, so don't give up. We're, we're still on schedule. We just got to get those young ladies in, but I'm glad that you're still following me. You're still having questions for me. Don't forget that you can always uh, ask me questions so we can go back to that show that was your favorite. All right, so today we have a guest that I think you're going to love. She's very humble. Um, but I'm going to let her talk more about her. So the first thing we're going to do, of course, you know, we've got to go do what we do best. And then we're going to come back, and you guys are going to get to spend some time with Miss Laura. Good morning, Miss Laura. How are you? I'm doing well. Good morning. Good morning. I am so happy to have you with me. Um, one of my get previous guests, uh, who was near and dear to my heart, said, "You have to meet this person. You have to." <laughs> and I said, "Okay." She said, "You guys remind me so much of each other, but you have to meet her. You have to meet her. You have to have her on. She's amazing." And I was like, "Well, of course I'm going to take your word for it, um, but let me tell my audience just a little bit about this amazing woman." She's an author, a consultant, international speaker, a nurse, and a philanthropist. She seems to be amazingly passionate about helping people from all walks of life. Um, she's developed programs that empower people. She travels to Africa to help people or make sure that people have their needs met. Um, and that there are no barriers in education because we know that, that is always something that we can do be it here in this country or in other countries, but education, we know, is the key to everything. And then, of course, she has worked with investing and making sure they have clean water. She is a, a Gary Job Corps San Marcos graduate that uh, is hailed from Louisiana. She has published about four books, and they focused on women and children. She is a first-generation graduate, me too, woo-woo. And and she focuses that you know you can rise above your history. She is the founder of Chick Time. I can't wait to hear a little bit more about that. And that is a grassroots nonprofit organization that supports and encourages young women. And then, as if we didn't say enough, she serves as the community advisor for Well Aware and has taught the importance of clean water practices, as we discussed before, sanitation and hygiene in Kenya. My friends, there's so much more that you're going to learn about Miss Laura, so we're going to begin. All right, Laura, tell us a little bit about how you became you. What is this? What is going on? <laughs> um, it's, it starts, like you said, in, in Louisiana. You know, I was born and raised, and um, I actually left home at the age of 16 and transition to San Marcos, Texas, which um, which was for the opportunity to to go to school. 
so before that is really where it started. I grew up in a very just typical, I, I won't say typical, but just a very dysfunctional, just hood, <laughs> ghetto background. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is just, you know, I, I remember a time where I was going to school like a typical black girl, and one day, from one day to the next, that aura changed, and I mm-hmm. just gave up on everything. And I quit school, and I began to just um, adapt to my environment. And the dreams of becoming a pediatrician turned into the dreams of having to escalate. (laughs) Within 24 Mm -hmm. hours, my life changed. And part of that was because of growing up in a very abusive home and different aspects and being abandoned by my mom. So there's, there's a deeper part of that that really fed into that moment of Laura going to school, you know, feeling hopeful to Laura, giving up on herself and everything she loves. Um, but I'm I'm just, I don't know, I wouldn't say excited. I'm just happy that that transition happened because that is the foundation of a lot of the things that you talked about and um, introducing me. So mm-hmm. uh, prior to San Marcos in that day of deciding to leave Louisiana, which was like the most craziest decision I could make <laughs> in my mind at that time, being 16 years old, you know, not knowing any other part of the world, right? It was it was daunting, exciting, and you know, and just terrifying all at the same time. Um, but it was the best decision that I made, and it was honestly through my faith that I came to make that decision. My grandmother raised us in church, and even with that transition, where I talk about going to school to the Lord, I didn't care. My faith was still there, you know, and mm-hmm. I found myself um, just really saying, you know, God, I need you. And if I don't, if you don't do something, I don't know where my life is going to end up. And I got to that point of desperation, realizing that I wasn't going to make it, you know, living the life that I decided to live at that point, being very destructive in my decision. I knew that my life wasn't going to move forward. And honestly, that's how Job Corps kind of stumbled upon my lap and, and really, in reality, stumbled. <laughs> and um, I found myself on a plane for the very first time of my life, which, again, was the foundation of me traveling all over the world to do speaking. So I, I've realized that you don't take anything for granted. Your experiences, even the things that you may not want to speak about, are things that God will use as a platform to get you where he wants you to be. Um, so that brought me to Job Corps, and I went there for the nurse aid training. And I mentioned that I quit school, so I did get my GD there. And honestly, that year and a month there really was the time that I started to dive in to being a nurse, to, you know, getting getting some of that framework there. Honestly, I thought I would go back home and take care of my grandparents because I was honored to be raised by them, but that just didn't happen. That was just not God's plan at all. Um, I graduated, and um, I literally just started to work my way up in the medical field because I wound up falling in love with serving um, seniors. I fell in love with it, and I realized that I wanted to go higher in that and be the person that had authority to influence change in that part of healthcare. Mm-hmm. So in between all of that wonderfulness, I um, stumbled upon sick time. And um, one of my friends that went to church with me told me about it. And 
she's, you know, I was sold at the point of we help girls who experience abuse because, as I said, that was my background. So I was like, mm-hmm. you know what, I don't even need to know the deep details. I just, I will be there to serve. And that was my heart. I just want to serve. I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of helping other young women get out of that mindset of being a victim and know that they can move forward. So out of that come, came me having my own nonprofit, Chick Times and Marcus, which actually serves job course students. Again, right, there's that, that part where he uses all things. So I'm, I'm now going back to the campus periodically to encourage those young girls, 16 to 24, and just giving them hope of, of, a message of hope and showing them that this is just the beginning of your life, you know, that you can move forward. Um, now, all the while, I am thriving in my career as a nurse. You know, now I've been to school a hundred times, it seems like. <laughs> and um, going to school, passing, graduating, going back to school, you know, just, just really in this doors opening. Within three years of my nursing career, I um, was offered a job to lead an assistant living for seniors. And I fell in love with the leading part. So um, I just grew very fast and love just taking care of and learning the business aspect of what I do. Um, so out of all of that, so you have the nursing going on, you know, caregiving medication aid to a nurse, and then I'm doing sick time. Then there's books coming out of that time. My first book called Woman Arise. Um, and I knew Woman Arise. I knew the name of Woman Arise when I was a teenager. I knew I would write. Um, writing was an outlet for me when I was going through a lot of things at, at, in my youth. So I wrote poetry. I wrote um, just expressing myself. It was a way to talk because I didn't have anyone that I could be truly blunt, blunt with about my life and what was going on inside of my head. So I knew I would, but I, I honestly kind of forgot about it after a while. But one day I was blogging and I wound up going back over my blogs over the past years or whatever, and I was like, wow, Laura, you've evolved. You've changed. You know, your writing is, is different. And and eventually I knew it was time to put that first book on, you know, on a transcript. And The Woman Arises broken up into three parts, arising out of your, your past, arising into intimacy with God, and arising into your purpose. And that book really speaks to my journey, um, even though I don't go into the deep details of every aspect of the, the bad parts of my life, it's hints of it throughout because I realized that every woman has to arise out of their past if they're going to get to their purpose. Uh, we can't walk fully in the place that we need to be and what we're created to be if our, if our past is still following us, right? So mm-hmm. um, that was my first baby, and I did it very quietly because <laughs> I didn't want anybody to – to, to discourage me because again you see I have multiple things happening in one in every you know at the same time of my life so I was that nurse overnight nurse on the weekends writing it out transcript and writing that book producing that baby out of there um, all the while doing tick time and doing um, and doing and being a nurse and being a nurse full time um, the other part of that um, bio that I'll hit on is the Women of Vision Austin. Um, it was through Chick time that I went to a conference sitting in the room of women from Africa, Cambodia, mm. all over the country, and just crying. Honestly, I just saw myself boohooing every single night at this conference. And I'm like, God, what do you want me to do? <laughs> you know, I could just feel 
that there was something changing in me, and there was there was like a destiny colliding. And there was dreams that I used to have about women from Africa telling me their story and 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 children setting children free um, from being you know killed and slaughtered. Literally, just vivid, vivid dreams. Sex trafficking. I've, I've dreamed about it. Didn't know the name of it. Didn't know what it was. And here I am in this conference. I forgot about the dreams because I had them when I was before I got married. And I'm sitting here hearing these ladies' stories of triumph and of horrible things similar to my dreams and other things like genocide, just different things. And I'm sitting there just like, wow, this is crazy. Um, but eventually I get a part of Women in Vision, and I'm one of the founding leaders of that. And that's how I've – the gateway of um, how I've been able to travel to Africa and invest in schools and education. We have – we sponsor a girl named Dinah. Um, in Matete, Kenya, and she's literally a part of our family. Um, so that kind of gives you a, a little bit of that part of me and why there are so many things happening at one time. Um, but all of it, as you can see, is about helping someone, you know, transition and see their purpose and their value in that, you know, the past and whatever area they've been born into is not a define of who they are. Amazing. And you were saying so much. I didn't want to interrupt because I was learning right along with uh, the audience. I have I've been fortunate to have um, many people that I know that have come, been guests. And so some of their stories I kind of knew and we could, but I wanted to learn with the audience today. And remarkable, remarkable how you were able to and I don't know, and I'm sure the audience heard you kind of breeze through some of the things, you know, coming from an abusive home, yeah, you know, being abandoned by a parent. But you were able to go through those things and allow those things to go through you, but not stop yeah. you. Because mm-hmm. one of the things that I, I heard was that in order for you to be the you that you were created to be, you had to come from that. You had to come from out of that. Most definitely. And sometimes, you know, when we're, we don't know it when we're going through it, but I believe that it's allowed for things to get really, really bad because um, if it didn't, we would stay mm-hmm. and we would never be pushed into our destiny. Yeah. And so I love the fact that, you know, you walked us through those destiny steps and, and it wasn't just one path. Although, well, let me let me go back. You had one path, but along that path, there were things for you to do. And yes. I think that's where a lot of people get confused because they're saying, um, and I was told the same thing. Oh, wow, you know, why don't you just focus on this? And I thought, mm-hmm. I was like, well, there's something wrong with me because I do this, I do this, I do this, I do this. I, right. God, I don't know which one to do. And finally <laughs> said, do it all. Yeah, because I was listening to people who weren't given, and this is not an insult, but who weren't given ten talents. They were only given the five or the one. That's good. <laughs> and so I'm listening to them, and they were like, "Well, you know, you should just focus on the one thing." And and you know what is that saying? You were um, oh, oh, the one where they say you yes. uh, rule. You you do one. You know, you can't do anything. Do all these things and do them well, but. That's not true <laughs> for <Yeah>. everybody. <laughs> and so I had to stop listening to people with the one talent that were burying That's theirs. Good. That's good. <laughs> and 
and God had to move me into an area where I was around people who had 10 talents all day long. Yes. And I didn't seem so, um, so much different at that point. Yeah. Because I don't know if this is true for you, but do, don't you feel a little, like we yearn for the day where it's like, oh, I, I could just get up and just brush my teeth today. That's awesome. <laughs> we want those days, but don't you feel even on those days you, your mind is rambling about, what else could I be doing right now? Seriously. Like it's, <laughs> yes, it's a blessing. Mm-hmm. Let me say that. I was going to say something else that would not be appropriate because it's, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm going to say probably. It, it, uh-huh. You know, I've realized that you know, we have been given an, an, uh, a, a, just a expanded capacity, you know, yeah. to do mm-hmm. those multiple things. And it is hard for me to sit down some days and just rest my mind. I have to tell myself, like, today you're not doing anything. You're not going to touch this. You're not going to. And, and it is challenging. <laughs> it is very challenging because you. it's almost like on the inside you hear it's not a biological clock. It's just this clock ticking. You gotta get this done. You gotta get this done. You gotta get this done. Yeah. You gotta get this into the atmosphere. You gotta go do this. You gotta go do this. And I pulled away because we have some similar backgrounds. I did not leave home. Probably should have, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> which made my walk a little more difficult. So I applaud you for finally leaving. But um, I found that the longer that I stayed, it was like trying to run in quicksand. Hmm. Because as much as we are inter, um, inter internally uh, motivated, when you don't have any external support, you're 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 found. It's almost like a hamster on that little running wheel. You're constantly running, but you're not getting anywhere. Hmm. That's good. Because there's no one around you to help you do you because there's nobody around you that's like you. Yes, that's good. And it makes people, well, I don't know if this is your experience, but I felt like it made me a target for my family. Hmm. Almost in the same way as Joseph was. I I mean, I didn't create the dream. I just had the dream. And woe unto me <laughs> that I shared the dream, you know. <laughs> and um, I think a lot of people, when they, even when they read that story, they say, well, Joseph was bragging. Now, Joseph was recalling what happened. I never saw any bragging in the story. It was like, hey, this is what I saw, you know. And But because of the other people didn't have the vision, they summed him up to be something that, he wasn't, and really I can say he wasn't because even after they did all of that to him, even mm-hmm. after the woman lied and said she ra- who he was always came out. So mm-hmm. that's why I know he wasn't bragging. That's good. That was just something that honestly what I found out on my, my journey was that he wasn't bragging. That was a reflection of the people. Yeah. It's going to take a deep current for somebody. If you had what I had, that's how you would be. Yes, definitely. That's good. That's good. And that took me a long time to take that pressure off of myself of trying to please people who are not dressed to the party I'm invited to. Mm. (laughs) 
<laughs> because if you take them, they're going to be out of place. Yeah. You can't take somebody to a, a you know, a $500,000, you know, yes. gala, and they got on some Tims. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're not equipped. <laughs> and I know you're probably feeling, well, I'm not, you know, there's been places God has opened doors and you walked in and you probably weren't, didn't feel equipped, but he wouldn't have opened the door to put you there if you, if it wasn't already on the inside of you. That's true. That's true. That is so true. And so I love, you know, I was sitting there, I really was listening. I know you're like, oh, she was listening. I really was listening. But I, I felt like, you know, we should expound upon that because there's probably a listener that is saying, hey, man, I don't fit. I remember when I, was becoming, and I love that, I, you know, of course, Michelle Obama, our forever first lady. When I was becoming, um, I used to do weird stuff, you know, uh, African-American woman, but, yeah, I might have green hair today. Yeah, I just, yes. you know, I might, you know, go in my bedroom and sew up something and be like, okay, this is what I'm wearing today, you know. <laughs> and, or I would, you know, have these moments where I could sit I in, a, in a, um, you know, a room full of friends and not say a word. Mm-hmm. You know, or go yes. places and just stare at people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm not alone. Uh-uh, uh, you're not alone. Okay, okay, good, good. <laughs> and people will be like, oh, my I'm God, you're so weird. <laughs> and when I would talk to people, this was before I knew the call of my life, and tell them things that there was no way that I should have known. Mm. That's good. These yeah. were private conversations mm-hmm. that they had had with their father. Mm-hmm. People, yes. people would get, you creep me out. I remember my uncle telling me of me recalling um, a, a New Year's party at my aunt's house where that happened when I wasn't even born yet. Wow. And they were like, where did I get this kid from? <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. But in that ostracizing, yeah. in that setting apart, yeah. God was training me mm-hmm. to be able to handle being alone because the life of a prophet is, is very lonely. Yeah, definitely. Um a life of a healer is very lonely. Uh, you know, yeah. I needed to be able to be okay to lock myself up in a room and write. Right. Yeah. And not be concerned with what am I missing out there. Yeah. Because the That's worlds good. I created in my head were so much better than the ones that I was that was, I was in. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. So I wanted to just expound upon that for my listeners, for our listeners at this time, to understand that you may not be wrong. You just might be in the wrong room. Yeah, that's good. That is so good. That's that's just, you hit it on the head. I think so many times that we we are um, asking a person who doesn't even have a vision for their lives. You know, they haven't even seen themselves outside of the hood. They haven't even seen themselves outside of their home. And here you are, you're going beyond the home. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're dreaming beyond Mm -hmm. the ocean. And you're asking Mm -hmm. a person who is limited, and there's no fault to them, but it just says, and you're you're hitting it on the head, that we we need to just think about that. 
who am I speaking to? Where mm-hmm. are they? What are the fruit in their lives? Where what, what do they talk about most of the time? Before you share, you know, this and expect them to encourage it when they don't even know how to see it themselves. They can't even see it, actually. Right. They don't have a vision for it. And then, you know, a lot of times we're hurt, you know, just like Joseph mm-hmm. was. You, you gave a, mm-hmm. I mean, just an on point. I was, I've been thinking about him all week. <laughs> just an on point <laughs> example of that. Like, you know, he, his, you know, their, their response was to hate was to really, you know, hope that he was killed. They were surprised that he was alive. They didn't understand that they were actually mm-hmm. setting him up to fulfill the dream that he had declared to them in the first place. But that's right. Um, and that's and that's the encouragement for those who have experienced it who may not understand, you know, that why why did mom, why did so and so reject me? Know that your your role in this is to heal forgive and move forward because they can't stop what you've been created to only you do that when you don't move forward (laughs) when you stop when you stop thinking and stop dreaming and moving towards what god has shown you but nobody can stop that we've given people too much credit (laughs) we've given Mm -hmm. them too much credit and even when they do they just push you toward you know because we know um, scholars, Bible scholars, I'm sure you know, and if you don't, then I'm going to tell you that Joseph's story was an archetype of Christ because mm-hmm. he came from the people who would eventually try to kill him. Yes. And they would try to kill the dream that and his destiny. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we often pray that God remove us from situations, but it is those situations that propel us into our destiny. Had Definitely. I not been... um disregarded had I not been overlooked had I not been talked about and cheated on and you know had I not go through those things would I be where I am today would I be as sensitive to the spirit as I am today Mm. no so when people say oh he kept me he kept my mind yes because I kept my faith yes (laughs) definitely definitely you know and so because I kept saying God this what is happening to me is bad, but you are good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, because my mom, I have walked away, but you have never left me, nor have you ever yes. forsaken me. Yes. You know, I might be doing without, but I know that you're the God that has it all. Yes. And maybe I might be ready for it, but you're not ready for me to have it. Mm-hmm. And I kept pressing in on that because, I, you know, I don't think I ever got to that place where I blamed him for what other people did. Hmm, that's good. And that, that's not to, to, to um, pump me up or anything like that. It was just like, but you're so good. Why yeah, are these people acting the way that they are? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's good. For for our listeners to understand that, especially if you you're a people of faith. But if you're not a person of faith, you have to understand that this is pushing you towards an understanding that you're still here. And if you are still here, mm-hmm. you still have purpose on you. Yes, definitely. 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 And there's pain, but there's purpose in it. Mm-hmm. You can't have a baby without screaming. If you can, you need to let, bottle that up and sell that. Right, please. <laughs> I'll take one. <laughs> you need to bottle it up because there's some people that's going to buy it. I'll tell you, we'll all be for real. real. So there's no way for you to get to this life and go through this life without having mm. to have shed a tear. 
Yeah. But I know a man who counts your tears. He knows every one of them. Mm -hmm. And he's collecting them because uh, I heard a message not too long ago because there is a destined time for the rain, and I believe those tears turn into the rain that you can't stop. Mm, That's good. And when it's your season, he will rain. Yes. And when he rains, you will rain. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Wow. As a healer, and you definitely are, and a person who has become sensitive to the hurt and pain of others, because I think, and, and I don't discount doctors, we all need them. Most definitely. I believe mm-hmm. as nurses, you get a, more of an opportunity to touch people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you get it, and you talk to them more. Yeah, definitely. There's you, more of a connection. You get to, mm-hmm, there's definitely more that more of a connection because you then go back to the doctor. So I see you not as just as a healer, but you're an intercessor. Mm-hmm. Because you intercede yeah. from the pain to the palace. Yeah. You go definitely. back to the doctor and say, hey, this is what's going on, so much so that if you're really good at your job, the doctor doesn't, he just comes in to confirm it. Mm-hmm. But by the time he, you've already established what it is, you already know, oh, well, I need to go get prepare this, I'm going to go prepare this, because I know this is what he's going to ask for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so as an intercessor, of course, you know, you see what's going on, but then you say, okay, God, this is what's going on with someone, and I see all of the things that you're doing, with, like with Chick Time and the Women of Vision and all these things are like, okay, these are the these are the medications that I gotta get prepared for these people because this is where they're mm-hmm. hurting. Oh, that's good. Wow. <laughs> See when we're when we are artists, we are creators and um I had to learn I even had a conversation with a friend of mine about a month ago and she said, Well do you think that maybe, you know, things are not going the way you want them to because, you know, maybe you should just focus on one thing. And here we go with the one thing again. And I said, uh, I said, and I think God allows people to say stuff like that to me. First of all, you're in danger at this right. point. Because <laughs> I know who I am now. Right. <laughs> but uh, it, I think he was asking me that. He was asking me that question because he needed me to know my answer. Mm. And my answer was, God called me to the people. Yeah. To heal them through stories. Yeah. So, yes, I write books. Yes, I write movies. Yes, I write plays. Yes, I'm a blogger. Yes, I have a podcast, but it's all about the people. Yes, yes. And so I, I, I was able to come back very eloquently and nicely this particular time. And say, I do, I do have one thing to do. I was called to the people. Hmm. And whatever way that comes out is the way it comes out. Wow, that's good. And I want our listeners to understand that if God equipped you to have more than one trick, use them all. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And you don't have to wait till one run out. I remember people saying, oh, I bet when you retire, you're going to, no, I return. <laughs> uh, no, this is a good one. Even with that, is you know, especially if you're a mom. You know, I'm a mom. I have two mm-hmm. beautiful girls, busy girls, and 
and I, you know, for a minute struggled with that because I would get that limiting view of my life. Well, how do you travel? Mm-hmm. How do you go to Africa? You have two young girls because God has blessed me with a husband. <laughs> that that part. <laughs> my, you know, that part of my life, and he has never, you know, hindered me. You know, that's important mm-hmm. of being, you know, married to someone that loves God too, is in faith, and also can see you and not intimidated but ultimately understands this is the vision for our family. So I would battle with that. Like, well, you should wait till the kids graduate. My goodness, that's a long time. <laughs> that's a long time. That's a long time. They were toddlers then. Now, I, you know, I got one that's about to be a senior, but I can only imagine, like, come on, that's 18 years of my mm-hmm. life. And then I have another one. That's another, you know, adding a little bit for three more years on top of that for her to get to that point and not knowing if, that will even release me, right? Because it looks different mm-hmm. for for each kid. So, you know, I remember just thinking, why? Why do you see it that way? <laughs> My baby's okay. They're not lacking anything. But one of the things mm-hmm. that I came to the conclusion was, and it had to be that resolve in me, because I was struggling with that mommy guilt because I worked. You know, I didn't stay mm-hmm. at home. I did at the beginning of their lives. But eventually I'm like, I got a good night. I need to put my hands on something. I just believe that as a partner, we need to do this together. And at some point, maybe Mm -hmm. Jesus will be like, you know what, Laura, you're fine. (laughs) But I just feel Mm -hmm. like I want to grow. Let's do this together. But I had to come to that resolve, like, I want my my girls to live out their purpose. And if mom's not living on her purpose, then how can I tell them to live out their purpose? If I'm telling them I'm waiting for you and I just can't do it now, then I'm ultimately teaching them that message. And I don't want them to wait on me or their dad to live out their purpose. If God is calling them to do something, I hope and pray that I see it, and I've prayed that over and over. But let's say I, I, I disagree because I don't see it. I need them to have that resolve and, and go after and be obedient to God and not be obedient to their mother's limits to be of their life. So the only way I can do that is to, to live it. <laughs> That's the only way. Mm-hmm. I, can't just, I can't just say it and, and demonstrate something completely different, and I would get – Oh, you know, every so often, neighbors, you know, you don't talk to me another day, but today you decided to give me your opinion. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but that that's another one. It's just, you know, you have to wait. No, I mean, if God is calling you, you need to be obedient, and you have to trust that he has your family. He has whatever it is that you're, you know, feeling guilty about. He has that, and you have to trust that he's capable of doing both. Mm-hmm. And he's preparing. This is what I'm going to go two different places here, but it's both about the children. This, because you have to understand that their destiny is tied to our destiny. And what we're going through and what we allow them to go through is preparing them for their place. Mm-hmm. Um, I was previously married for 11 years, and it was not a good relationship at all. But mm-hmm. so after we were divorced situational circumstances made it where I had to get out of town like just I had Mm -hmm. to go and it just seemed as though you know even though I was making some really good money life happened you know being a single parent it just wasn't enough to suffice for my family I mean we did okay but it got to the point where it wasn't okay especially when I started having some health issues so we end up moving quite frequently, and my kids end up going, especially my oldest son, to several schools, and that mm-hmm. mommy guilt popped up because I'm like, I mm-hmm. am doing the best that I can 
but my kids didn't have a testimony that they went to one high school for their high school years, mm-hmm. you know, and so I felt really bad about that. However, on the flip side, I have a senior in college right now who, who his dream is to be out there, you know, and so at first yeah. he wants to be a comedian, he still works on that, he works on his music, he just started his own um, sports, tele- uh, sports show, and because mm. he got to meet all of these people, he has an automatic audience. Wow. So where <laughs> I was being all, oh, my God, God was like, this is all a part of the plan. Mm, that's good. This is not just your plan. Yes, that's good. <laughs> it's not just your plan. You know, and then I had a very good friend many, many years ago. She said, you need to be praying for your kids. And so God gave me this thing called Top Life, and it's parenting on purpose. Mm. And so I began to even pray for their spouses when they were very yeah. little. Lord, let they not be affected by this and this and this and this and this and just praying for them. And um, both of my sons were very athletic as little kids. And mm-hmm. so I, I was that I was the juxtaposition between traditional and, and non-traditional church. Mm-hmm. I knew God on a different level because I had to, because I learned about my own. I didn't get saved in the military. I, you know what I'm saying? Like I yes, went to the altar yes. at three years old and said, and stopped my pastor from preaching and said, "Excuse me, <laughs> I need, I want to be saved." I, you know, three. You know, and it was this big old thing, and they're like, "Oh my God, this little baby!" You know, and all this other stuff, but. I, I, there was something on the inside is all I knew. Mm-hmm. And so I had, but I grew up in a very traditional church. At that time it was a Baptist church. And then I moved to a, to a, it was kind of non-denominational, but it was really based in Pentecostal. Mm-hmm. And they believe that you're supposed to be a church every day, every day that the Lord sends you on this earth, being so oh, wow. church house. And so, um, cause I was always at the church and my polo kids, they had to tag along with me. <laughs> and it even got to the point where, you know, some people in the church didn't believe that the kids were supposed to be in sports and you're not supposed to miss you're definitely not supposed to miss church to go be in sports and oh, you're wow. worshiping this, that and the other. And I didn't know what to think. Yeah. I didn't know what to think, honestly, you know. Because um, I loved being in church. I could be there all day long. It was fine with right. me. But God had to show me you got a different generation that's coming up. Mm-hmm. And so I was praying one day um, because my youngest son was planning to go into the military, you know, and he knew that's what he wanted to be when he was about three years old. And I was like, yeah, maybe that's going to wear off. But right. that was the only thing he ever wanted to do, ever yeah. wanted to do. And wow. so I said, okay. And um, it started with my oldest son. I was at one of his basketball games. I think it was, and I was sitting in the stands as I always did because I'm going to be that one. And mm-hmm. every time they would get ready to go play, that the coach would ask him to pray. Mm. So he got he was the one, and they even had a slogan: "We don't play if we don't pray." <laughs> that's awesome. And God, that's when you know God began to show me. He was like, "Oh, I called him, but you don't know what I called him to." Mhm. That's good. So I had to let who God ordained them to be to go into the places that God ordained them to go, and it might not look like the same territories that I, because our our great mandate was to take take this gospel to the world. 
That's it. That's it. But the yeah. church had forgotten that part. They thought mm-hmm. it would take the gospel to the church, and the church, the world's gonna come to the church if we just be, you know, we dance mm-hmm. loud enough, we sing loud enough, we play the music loud enough. But the reality of it was, the church wasn't. I mean, the world wasn't coming to church. Right. Right. We have to go into the so world. So we had to yeah. take it. And who was going yeah. to take it if we didn't equip them to take it? That's good. <laughs> and so when I came to my youngest son, who has always been kind of a, uh-huh, that one. And so <laughs> I was like, yes, Lord. Uh, and God said, you know, because I was, you know, come on, you guys going to church. He's like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And I was like, oh, what am I doing wrong? Uh, you know, I went through that whole guilt. Mm-hmm. And God mm-hmm. said, don't do that to him. Don't make him think his relationship is built inside of that building. Mm-hmm. Because what happens when he's on the backside of a mountain and there's bullets ringing over his head? Yeah. He needs to know that I am the God outside of the church. Oh, that's good that I am his keeper and his sustainer, and it's not about Sunday service. Hmm, that's good. He wanted me to teach them to have a relationship. Yeah. And and not be concerned about what it looks like right now. Like, there's some things, you know, I go to my son's Twitter page, and I'd be like, oh, blessed be my eyes, my eyes, oh, my eyes. <laughs> you know, and I listen to some of the songs he's put out, and I was like, oh, my Lord. <laughs> But he's gathering harvest. Because hmm. I know when it's time to flip and flip the switch, it's going to be instantaneous. And so I had to learn how to back up off of that. Mm, that's good. And let God work in their lives the same way he was allowed to work in mine. Hmm, that's good. So, you know, we churchy people, but... Uh, but that's, that's for everybody, you know. <laughs> you know, if you're a doctor and you want your kid to be a doctor, that's fine. But maybe God calls them to be a healer of a different manner, you know. Mm-hmm. And so we have to learn how to pull our expectations off that's of them it. and just pray that they be used. That's good. That's true. Because yeah, who can live that. up? Yeah. Who can live up? What if your right. kid is the kid with the one talent and you hear you now this was hard for me. What if they have one talent and you got ten and you feel like they're not well you're just not living up to your potential. Maybe I am. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Maybe you doing too much. <laughs> you know. Um and it really what it boils down to and we're getting ready to go into our first break, but what it really boils down to me and what I hear you saying as well is that let God be God and get out of his way. Yes. Yeah. That sums it because up. you went through what you went through to become who you are. Let them go through what they're going to go through so they can become who God created them to be. Yes, most definitely. That's beautiful. I'm loving this. I love <laughs> it, but I do have bills I need to pay. So <laughs> we're going to take our first break. That was gonna, that's going to conclude our first segment. But we're going to take a quick break. We're going to let our guests get us some water. I'm going to drink a little water. We're going to go, whew, and then we'll come back in just a moment with awesome. She Always Loves Through It. And I already have my first question. She don't even know what it is. All right, we'll be back in just a moment. <laughs>
did you uh did was there anything that in that segment that you wanted to to go back to or no, I hope I didn't run through my story too. I'm like it's hard to I hope I painted a good picture of how things kind of fell in place and you, the way you came back and described it was perfect because I'm like there's so much going on within the same years you know like it's like mm-hmm. so I just hope I, I did a good job of kind of showing that and and also um giving a, a just a not as I didn't go deep into my past but just kind of also showing the pain and you talked about that too that it wasn't just this cookie cutter situation before I got mm-hmm. to Texas but um so hopefully that that translated well. Well, we're going to give you know, as we're moving into that situation where we can get a little deeper if you want to. Uh, I listen, but you know, if there's any holes that I need to fill, I'll try to do that. And okay. I always take in consideration, you know, we have a varying um, age demogra- uh, de- demographic that listens. So sometimes we don't have those uh, seasoned people that understand. You know, so I'll I'll come back in if I feel like that they just need to maybe have something expounded upon a little bit more. But I thought you did an amazing job. I I, I almost forgot to pause, and I was like, oh, Felicia, this is your show. You might want to say something. What's <laughs> up? <laughs> I can talk, 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 but I was like, I don't know. Like, hopefully I'm describing these areas that you covered in the bio. Oh, no, you did Okay, good. He did an amazing job. Um, my, I love my job this part of it because I do have to minister to so many people but when I have my guests on it's just like sitting and tra- you know talking with a friend and yeah. and I think that's what transfers and transpires to the audience it's like wow I'm just eavesdropping on this conversation yeah um so we can go where you want to go with that uh we're going to you want to break to get some water or anything Oh no, I got my cup of coffee sitting right outside of me. <laughs> Ooh, I'm the, I might be jealous, but I, the Lord told us not to be jealous. But <laughs> I, <laughs> I grabbed me a sparkling water this morning. I should have grabbed me a cup of coffee. Oh, All wow. right, because I was really laying in the bed saying, "Lord, why did I do this to myself this morning?" <laughs> you and me both. We're taking a bad day. I said I won't even be mad if she missed it. I'm not even. We just really <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Um, but I am um, working on some. I've got other stuff I got to do this evening, and I was like, God, dog, I got to get up. I get up. <laughs> all right. So we're gonna. One reason we take the big pause is it's easier for me to cut that part out. So we're going to take a big pause, and then I'm going to count down, and then we'll get started again. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, we are back, sisters. Uh, I hope you got as much out of that segment as I did. Um Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So now we are going into our next segment, which, of course, is She Always Loves Through It. And I jotted down something that you said because um, I have lived in both not having this and now having this. And Mm -hmm. when I tell you there is a difference, sweet baby, (laughs) there's a difference. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about how – challenging it was to accept being married to a man of God 
hmm, coming wow. from your background <laughs> and your abandonment uh-huh, uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> wow. Because people don't think, people think that if you get a good man, you're like, oh, it just happens. Are you happy? Oh, no, 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 no. Not when you have abandonment <laughs> issues and abuse right, in your right. background. Mm-hmm. So how hard was it to accept being married to a man of God? That's good. That's good. Um, wow. Hmm, that's a good one right there. Oh, <laughs> uh, my goodness. I think uh, the first place my mind goes is, um, first of all, accepting that I was worth having someone like my husband. Like, that was the big part. Um, you know, a lot of times we can say we <clears throat> say we want something, and when it's there, we don't know what to do with it. <laughs> So we have no clue because it's you know it's not what we expected. It's usually more, more, even more than what we expect. So, um, what my mind tracks is after I graduated job corps, I actually met my husband at church. So, um, San Marcos, Texas, was the perfect place for Laura to get out of trouble because I mean you literally probably have to look for it. I couldn't tell you where a club was. <laughs> I couldn't like mm-hmm. I needed. God knew I needed to be. Um, you know, from Louisiana, I mean, you know, I just had to be in a different environment in order to grow and thrive. And I actually knew him because of because he attended the same church that I did, and he was a respected person. So, you know, to me, he was like Mister So and So. You know, so that that again, that's a barrier. Like, oh no, no, not at all. I, I couldn't even imagine, right? And I actually had a I was dating a guy um, from Job Corps who was totally, obviously. Not it was just contradiction to where God was wanting to take me, but what I realized that relationship I uses all things like I said in the first segment. What I realized dating that guy was that um, I wanted someone that was going to lead my family. You know, I didn't have kids at the time; he didn't have kids at the time. Um, but I needed a leader, and, and the guy that I was dating at the time was always up and down with his faith. He was up and down with his emotions. And I realized, I learned, you know, like, this is not what I need. Like, I need, because I'm trying to find out who I am in God. You know, even though I grew up in church, and I grew up in a Baptist church, too, and the church that we were attending was non-denominational, but also had their roots in um, Pentecostal, so that we are liking that. Um, But I was still trying to develop and understand the Lord that God had showed me a job core, you know, who was walking mm-hmm. through this forgiveness and the healing of my past, you know, even though he had dealt with a lot of that, like, like, you know, there's layers to it. It's just, you know, it's just, okay, you can handle this part of it, let's walk through it. So here I am um, finally cutting off the relationship, realizing that this is not what I need. Um, God actually went, put me through a short season, <laughs> like a short season of, value and he had and he did it by writing by giving me the words to this form and it it was about not being a wife but being a bride and how those are two different things mm-hmm. and um never thought about it but you know um the one guy wanted me to be his wife and he wanted to go off and serve and I needed someone to be home I'm just I'm not there y'all like I'm just like I don't know what I could do. You know, if you're traveling around, I'm, I'm not that woman. I, I'm, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Bless the women that are 
And um, and he was showing me that there's a big difference. I mean, we talk about being a wife, and I love the role that I'm in, but there, there's more to that role than just being a wife. And God was showing me, he's like, when I'm asked, you are my bride, because the Bible tells us we are the bride of Christ. There is some preparation mm-hmm. in being a bride. You know, the world has its own way of getting, getting us there with the gown. And I mean, but if we think deeper, you know, I think Esther is a better picture of the preparation that we have to go through. There's an identity thing, you know, of realizing that we are a bride, and there's authority mm-hmm. that comes into that. There's wisdom that comes into that role. Rather, a wife can be minimized in this world as just being is duties, right? It's responsibility. And God was really speaking to my heart about the difference in that he is not asking me to be a wife. He's asking me to be a bride. So I was just, mm. like, blown away by the revelation of that literally at 18. <laughs> like, I'm young, you know. But not, I mean, not long after that, um, one of my mentors at the time said, girl, I had a dream that you and Mr. Um, so-and-so got married. I said, you must have lost your mind. Like, <laughs> you didn't lost That's your mind. Funny. That's literally, funny. like, <laughs> like you are, you did you crazy. You tripping. And her husband was like, why don't y'all go out on a date? And I'm just intimidated by the process because I'm thinking this guy has been celibate. He's been waiting for his wife. I was the person in the in the crowd with the old lady in the old lady saying, "When are you gonna meet your wife? He's been waiting and waiting for his wife." And I'm thinking the same thing. When is he gonna meet his wife? And here mm-hmm. I am, my mentor and her husband is like, "Hey, why don't you go out on a date?" I am not. I was not, y'all. I was. Jesus was working on me. You hear me? So mm-hmm. <laughs> I wasn't mm-hmm. even close to being prepared in my mind. But we did. We wound up going out on a date, and literally, I think maybe about a second date, he was like, you know, I want to be serious. You know, like he didn't waste any time to doing any, like, I don't know, whatever reason, he just didn't waste any time of that. So we did. I mean, by the end of that year, y'all, we were married. (laughs) We were married. So I got married to my husband, like, going into my 19th year of age. We've been married and celebrated 17 years in December. I, it blows my mind that we have been married that long. But uh, to answer your question, and I hope I hit it, but it was identity for me and worth and value because I didn't feel like I deserved someone like him because his faith, I mean, like all of our marriage, you know, he wakes up at a certain time of the day. He reads his Bible. He's so consistent. And we went through marriage counseling because our pastor required it, which I'm so thankful. Um, um, it just made me realize I needed that because I wasn't as consistent. I, I believed in God, but I wasn't that person that just religiously wake up and pray and really like that. You know, I'm more of a night person. I'm, you know, I might find myself singing and worshiping, but but not every day. I'm going to be honest. Like, that just, you know, wasn't me, you know, and still is to some degree. But he was just consistent, and God knew I needed someone to demonstrate what that looked like. And I remember mm-hmm. um, the first year or so in our marriage, being in the mirror, like looking at myself in the mirror and saying, God, I don't see what, who you see. Because, again, I'm, I'm now married to this man who understands his identity, understands his authority in God. He, I mean, he's solid, and which is what I needed and what I prayed for. But I didn't know who I was, and I was at this point of, you know, and I hated when people could be like, oh, you're just a baby. I hated that. Like, hello. <laughs> like, I've survived a whole bunch of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And don't tell me I'm a baby. You know, I just hated that. Like, it was like, oh, you know, for old people to tell me that. 
but I didn't I truly didn't know who I was in Christ. I didn't know my identity and I began to ask him to show me who I was. And guess what? A lot of times I was the youngest person leading women that are twice my age, three times my age, into healing mm-hmm. of abuse mm-hmm. that they hadn't even faced. You know, once God began to show me who I was, I mean, it was almost as if it was um, acceleration. And I think it kind of took my husband by surprise because <laughs> it was like, what is going on, you know? Um, but that was that was a deeper part of it. And, and what I realized is he has, you know, there's been questions, like especially Africa. When I went to Africa, before I got mm-hmm. there, he was like, are you sure? <laughs> like, really? You sure about that? You know, and I'm like, baby, you don't have to pray about it because if we both believe God, then we also know that God is a speaking God, and this mm-hmm. is what I feel God has asked me to do, then you need to pray and ask God for that, that answer. Then if you, you know what I mean? Like, and that's the benefit of being with someone that believes God is that when they don't understand where God is leading you, you can challenge that and say, well, you need to go and pray for the vision God has for my life. And I think he has right. done that so quietly you know, and, you know, be like, okay, eventually he'll be like, okay, I got it, you know, because I need that covering, right? So I need that agreement. Um, so hopefully I've answered that question. I can go in a little bit into that, but a lot of it was worth and value and God showing me that, you know, he's not calling us as women to be wise in the world sense. Let me say that because the role, the, the title of the role is appropriate, but we're not minimized to just being just duties and serving and preparing meals. Like, that is that is a worldly idea of what that role, what that, you know, limiting us to that dutiful idea. There's so much more to that, you know, and um, Proverbs talks about it a little bit more. You know, you, you see a woman who is preparing. She's a businesswoman. She's serving the yes, community. She yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She, she got a lot more heads than just cooking a meal, making sure the beds are warm. Like, you know what I mean? So God was really mm-hmm. having to show me that part before I really even got on one date w- with my husband. So, and, and her husband is known around the gates because of her. Yes. yes. You know, yeah, yeah. So yes. she was out there doing her own thing, but she was smart <laughs> enough not to tear down her own house. That's, that's it. That's woman. That's and I it. was laughing because, you know, again, I, I mentioned, you know, this is my, I'm on my second and last marriage. Because um, oh, <laughs> I ain't doing this no more. Because uh, <laughs> when it's good, it's good. What you need another one for, right? Yes, but I, um, I was laughing because when my husband and I, my current husband and I, when we met, we were not fond of each other mm-hmm. at all. And um, I mean, I didn't have anything against him. It was just, yeah, it was a non-factor. <laughs> And one day my oldest son walks up to me and he says, oh, I had a dream that you, you know, you married him. And I was like, boy, if you don't get up out of here with him. <laughs> what are you talking is crazy stuff, crazy, crazy stuff, crazy. Just stupid. Get away. <laughs> because there was absolutely no interaction for that. To, he, we didn't go to the same yeah. church. We didn't, you know, we didn't run in the same circles. It was just like, boy, if you don't get your <laughs> out of here with this foolishness, you just making up. Get on out of here, you know. <laughs> and I tell you, the best thing that has ever happened to my life. Amen. You know, I love that. My life. And I had to learn, too, probably through my children, that the people that God has placed in our lives, although it mm-hmm. is our call to pray, 
it is our call to intercede. It is our, it is our call to be there if we need to be in whatever capacity. Mm-hmm. It is not my job to monitor your relationship with Christ. That's good. Hmm. Uh, and to be judgmental about your relationship with Christ. That's good. So when we started dating, um, I, you know, like I never even had those conversations. You know, I don't know what you're doing. I mean, I knew what he was raised in or whatever, and it was a little different than my background. But he, all he knew was every Sunday I was at church. Where you yeah. going to church? Where you coming back from church? <laughs> you know. And then one day I, I get this text. It was probably three or four years into our relationship. Hey, I'm going to church with you today. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> because previously I had been subtold, not directly, but subtold that, mm-hmm. and which was, which is what made it so difficult for me to date, mm. that you, well, you know, that person is not on your level. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, Y'all not yelled right, you know. <laughs> and... um the real, the funny thing about it, then nobody didn't really know what level I was on. <laughs> to be honest, you know, I yeah. had done for me, I had done small things, but you know, God had opened a lot of doors for me. But as far as who I was and what I needed, God yeah. had that, and only God can see into someone's future and know what He created them to be. That's true. What is the scripture that says, don't judge anything before it's time? Mm. So people were looking at situations and circumstances, but they had not consulted with the father. And isn't Mm -hmm. that always the way it is when people (laughs) tell you about your business? But they, why you, are you praying and fasting for an answer for me? Come on now. Now me at 45 can tell you that. Me at 23 Mm -hmm. didn't have the wherewithal to be able to to politely and religiously say, get out of my business. <laughs> right. That's true. But yeah. at this point, it was like, you know, I've been I've been messed up enough and hindered enough and blocked mm-hmm. enough from other people's mm-hmm. expectations and slowed down on my path enough because I was trying to please people and not God. That's good. And so in me learning that my responsibility did not include anybody else's path with him, Mm-hmm. I have seen leaps and bounds of maturity. Yeah. Like things yeah. that would have taken someone else years. I've seen this happen in weeks. Mm. That's awesome. That's God. <laughs> because I stepped out of the way. Mm-hmm. And so, and now I'm not telling, you know, that, that may not be everybody's testimony, but that definitely was mine because I had gotten to a place where I had fought him enough. And I will put myself on front street just a little bit, just for my audience, but don't know, y'all don't tell anybody. <laughs> um, I had gone through some really, really tough sickness, and um, they, I wasn't expected to make it. Hmm. And so I moved back to my home state because I wanted my kids. I was like, well, I die. I got to at least have them buy some family that might take them in. I don't know what to do. You yeah. know, my, my kids had a um, a really good friend that was well off, and I said, well, maybe they'll, you know, and I was talk, talking to them about, you know, hey, if something happens, can it's only a few years, can you take my kids? That's a lot to ask somebody, but trust me, they had a lot. And yeah. they were cool with that. Um, and I was finally at the place 
the dying place where I said, okay, God, look, (laughs) not my will. This is the Mm. cross, but your will be done. Hmm. But I was having that fight. It was kind of like when, when um, Jacob was fighting. And I was like, mm. I understand. You know, look, I just don't believe all the saved men is ugly. I just, <laughs> why do I have to, I want to be able to turn over and just be like, oh, yes, 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 yes. Yes. You know, I don't want to say I love his heart. I want, yes, 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 you know, and, um. And I said, well, you know, someone, this person, that that kind of thing is not my type. So I decided amongst myself, because, you know, sometimes <laughs> there are more than one person inside. Right, I right. I'm going to give God this laundry list of people. Wow. You know, characteristics <laughs> that I wanted. Because they say, make your request known. <laughs> be specific. Right. So I'm going to be specific. And I. My Jesus, my daddy, I don't know about y'all. Your daddy probably don't talk to you like this, but mine talks real <laughs> <laughs> real ignorant. Probably because I talk to people real ignorant. She said, oh, you want your type. Let me tell you what your type is. <laughs> your type is cheaters and liars and th- Oh, wait a minute. Wow. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Rude. Rude. <laughs> Let me tell you about your type. Right. So that was... That was so sweet, Lord, telling you that your picker is broken, my child. Yeah, um, yeah. And if you want my will for your life, let me do mm. it. That's good. So I did, and I said, and I said, I I uttered these words out of my mouth. Okay, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Mm. It wasn't five minutes later. This man was in my inbox on Facebook. Really? <laughs> I kid you not. And I looked up to the Lord, and I said, Really? She has to fix it first. Go on, Lord. (laughs) This what you gonna do? (laughs) She has to fix it first. Come on. (laughs) But I get that. That's cool. In thinking that I knew what was best for me, God said I got something better than your best. Yeah. And you can't go by what you see. That's good. And so. I I try to now tell young women, you know, be about getting you together. Yes. Yeah. So that when God releases him, that you're ready. Yeah, most definitely. Because he can release him and you can run him smooth, clear away. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you you your your father had the presence of mind to have you a praying person, and and I'm sure your husband went through all kinds of struggles praying for this wife, but he had he not been yeah. prepared, yeah, it wouldn't have lasted definitely. 17 years. Yeah, definitely. So you know, I'm thankful, definitely. and I'm hoping the listeners hear that it's about should we get advice from people? I, absolutely. I think that that's why, you know, the older generations work so well because the older women would turn around and talk. Yes. But you that's also have says. to have a relationship with Christ. <laughs> yes, it says it. It says but that. But he also say, seek wise counsel. Just, girl, come on now. 
my first mind went back to what we said in the first segment is I'm like observe the life. You know, I think we just age mm-hmm. don't mean wise all the time. Everybody's not you know, wise. Come on now. You like, can't get rid of you know, uh <laughs> if they still single and advice and they try to give you husband. Come on now. Like seriously, we have to just use some common sense sometimes. <laughs> this call is now being recorded. Yeah, and I think that when older women, make sure that person is not speaking to you out of their pain. Ooh, that's good. Oh, my, that's good right there. That's good. Because how many times have we been in a conversation? Girl, I wouldn't let no man tell me what to do. Girl, I yeah. you, oh, you got to tell him when you're going? Yes, I do. <laughs> because he does me the same way, and if something happens, I need to know that some kind of area where he is. Yeah, and vice versa. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you good. take your husband his plate? I wouldn't be. Mm, I, yes, I do, and he brings me mine. <laughs> but see, twenty-three-year-old Felicia didn't know. Yeah. That everybody older didn't have this sense. Yeah, that's true. So yes, we're supposed Ooh, to good. seek counsel, but not. Not raggedy counsel. <laughs> oh, you, you know your what? Your grandma ain't never had no man. You're not used to talking to your grandma about keeping no man. She don't know. And look how and look if there's growth in the marriage, you know, because even if they've been married 50 years, um, I remember um, traveling with a couple um, in Africa, and they could barely stand being in the room with each other. I was just mm. like. You know, and, and but you know, we celebrate. Oh, fifty! You know, I want fifty to look amazing. You know, I want it mm. to symbolize growth. And and you know, at that point, we definitely need to be enjoying each other's company. We haven't been with each other fifty years. You know, there should be some fruit <laughs> in that. Some but, fruit. You know, yeah. So just recognizing, you know, that spend some time with people just to see truly where they are versus what they may be saying out of their mouth. Um, another example of that is bitterness, root of bitterness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've lately been on this, just diving into widows and, and just people who have lost a lot and how a lot of times we, even as believers, don't know how to navigate forgiveness and walk in a new freedom. You know, uh, we tend to, especially as black people, hold on to stuff. And we just let it travel out. And I don't know if you've been around a bitter person, they just spew out all kinds of stuff. You mm-hmm. know, they're not happy with their lives. They're not happy with you. They're not happy with anything. And um, and a lot of times those are the older. Mm-hmm. Not all the time, but most of the time it could be an older person because they've lived so long, they've experienced so much stuff, and their faith is not renewed. Their trust is not renewed in Christ. So I think it's important to just act, just recognize the root of bitterness and understand where it's coming from. If that person is still in pain and that's that lens they see life through, that that may not be. <laughs> it isn't the person that you need to be receiving some some insight for for you, from your life. Mm-hmm. And it's in how do you, well I hear the the audience saying well how do I know you know especially if I'm not strong spiritually how do I know if this is root of bitterness let me tell you if sister friend mama mammy Grammy whatever you call a big mama <laughs> if every time she starts talking about whatever area of her life it may be mm-hmm. especially this relationship if she's still speaking 
and you can tell it's hurt. Mm-hmm. That man yeah. did me so wrong, and da 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 da. Then he did this, and he did mm-hmm. that. Oh, you still attached? There's still some soul ties there. Definitely, yeah. Or you know, uh, because women of different generations. They were taught differently. You're supposed to give everything to this person. No, you're supposed to give everything to God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I've learned, and I told my husband this, and he looked at me real crazy, you know. He, I say, I learned the hard way. Folks going to do what they want to do. So I'm not, I'm not going through your phone. I'm not checking the mileage on the core. I'm not going yeah. through your emails because people going to do what they want to do. <laughs> and me sneaking up behind you trying to figure out what you're doing ain't going to stop you from doing what you want to do. People have yeah. cell phones. They have, you know, they do all kinds of stuff when they want to get it done. Yeah, that's true. So my trust can't be in you. Yeah, and my, that's good. And my wholeness can't be in you. It's got to be good. in Christ. Because I want us to be together forever. But if it shall happen, so happen to not happen, then I can't lose me. Yeah, keep you. that's good. But see, really forty-five-year-old Felicia knows that. Twenty-three, yeah, yeah. Because see, back yeah. then I thought, oh, well, if you're cheating, it means that I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. No, you're cheating because you got some stuff you need to work out. Yeah, definitely. And it ain't got nothing to do with me. But that's good. you know, the older generation, they tell you stuff. They tell you to marry people you don't even like because you're gonna learn to love. <laughs> Who tells somebody from foolishness <laughs> like that? If the dude is ugly when you met him, he's still gonna be. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like it's just, if you don't want it, you don't want it, and they and they know you you plan with that. I ain't talking about spiritual things. I'm just, you know. I told you I, I talk real ignorant. This is why Jesus talks to me like this. But uh, I, just, I was told that though. I, I remember somebody telling see, me that. Like seriously. See? So that's funny. <laughs> so I'm not the only one. No, no. They used to tell me all kinds of buffoonery. And coonery. I was like, look, man, because at the end of the day, I'm the one that got to go home with this. And I remember when I was getting out of the last, that my former situation, and I finally was able to break free from this situation. Mm-hmm. I had a woman called a woman, a, a HW, a woman, call me and tell me, you call yourself supposed to be this, that, and the other Christ. You need to get back over there with your husband. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I said, oh. <laughs> and I do believe that's when ignorance starts showing up in me. Because I was like, you don't have a clue. Of what not one. He don't do nothing but pay, he don't do nothing but pay bills and take care of you. Oh, I see. <laughs> well, you know what you need to do. Why don't you go on over there? <laughs> right, right, right. Since you know everything. Since you know everything. But we have a habit of, and I, and I want to speak, I'm being funny, but I'm not. Yeah. I think she was giving me advice from a person that probably has said more than one time that they, you know, half a man is better than none. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody happy just to have one in the house. At least he coming home eventually. Girl, is you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's true, though. We have all these fables and tales and, like, you know, and and then you wind up being the the bitter woman, you know, who yes. putting on the show when she walks outside and her house looks different. Those are the people we see on the news. To be honest, I was telling my husband that the other day, that where people say they were so nice, I didn't know that was mm-hmm. going on. 
you know, mm-hmm. and it's because you stayed too long. You stayed too long. Time. You know, or you were there at all. Her, yeah, and somebody probably told her, you need to go or you need to stay, work it out. And, you know, and that's where your faith in God and your wisdom and prayer needs to be at, and, you know, and having wise counsel around so that you can understand the true, you know, diagnosis, if I would, of the situation. Because people only see what they want to see. They're not in the house with you. So, <laughs> no, they're that. not. You know, I mean, what's the purpose that, of having somebody in the house? Yeah, he come home every right. night, but is he coming home and is he putting his foot in the face? Yeah, really. Or Seriously. every time does he come home, is everybody else so tense that they can't even yeah. enjoy? You they know, can't live. They're not they living. can't live. And that yeah. kind of person will stifle you. Um, yeah. But, be, you know, being with a man of God, mm-hmm. that person should, and you should do this as well for that person, but they should bring out the best in you. This is the person that's on the sidelines that you run in a race and they're saying, go, baby, go. Go, baby, yeah. go. Not, Definitely. why are you at the race? Who told you to wear tennis shoes? <laughs> <laughs> it's what? true. I'm <laughs> laughing because it's me being funny, but it's so, I'm being sarcastic. It's true. It yeah. is so, so true. Ugh, I don't even know how else to say that, but it's true. And I would, I go to school, you know, many times. I'm still in school. Now I don't have to talk to people, but <laughs> that part of me. Um, and I would hear that, you know, where the women's like, I don't know if I should have left my kid home with him. What's the, <laughs> like, how? Mm-hmm. I don't understand. You know, how is that oh. okay with you? I wouldn't even be to school if that's the case, you know, number one, or you need to get another babysitter so you can do what you need to do on this side of it. But I would just sit there, not judging, but just observing, taking notes, and I would just be like, ooh, thank you, Lord. Like, thank you that you didn't let me get too far in and thinking that I knew who I should be with, that you took over that narrative and you connected me with the right person, that no matter if I'm traveling across an ocean, I don't have to worry about my kids' safety because the Lord knew I couldn't do that. He knew that. With my background, there was no way that mm. I could be fully me without a man that loved him because it's not about the love that he has for me. It, it definitely is a part of it. But if he's not in love with God more than me, then there's no filter. There's no checkpoint because I can't just be the checkpoint. I can't be the one saying, oh, you know, you shouldn't do you know, and we haven't, I was telling my friend, we haven't had a lot of sit-down conversation, and that that may, for whatever reason, a lot of it is we might have a conversation, and I go pray, and I'm sure he has, because then you see the fruit of, okay, there's a new understanding in this situation. You know, we don't, we haven't had a lot of those sit-down and talk-it-through moments. Mm-hmm, Usually mm-hmm. we kind of feel it, and God is checking me like, Laura, that is not right. <laughs> it looks like your attitude in this situation. You know, but that's the relationship I have and must have in order to be the woman that I need to be, you know, and the daughter that I am to God. So, um, I don't know, it's just, it's it's important. It's important, it's vital for your life, it's, inv- it's vital for you to thrive. And I know for a fact that I wouldn't have been able to accomplish so much that I've had in literally, like, I was looking at the first decade of my life in Texas. Mm-hmm. I've accomplished stuff that I couldn't even stand them. But if I was connected to the wrong man, a lot of that wouldn't have been able to happen, point blank. Point blank. You know, and thank God for creating people who fit. Yes. And um, I, I'm not going to lie. I had a bad, 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 bad perception of marriage. 
to the point where my hope said I always wanted to be married again, but my mind said, I'm good. Right. I'm good. I'm good. You know, and that was my thing. And so one day my kid was about, my oldest one was about 15, no, 14. And he said, Mama, can I talk to you? Well, you know, no, no, no woman wants their child to say, I need to talk to you about something. Not no boy. Yeah. Cause you, not at that age, boy, you better, whatever you talk, you better talk right. Cause, <laughs> Cause I didn't know where it was going. He was like, you know, Mom, it's, it's time. It's time for what? All you do is go to work in the church. Me and my brother, we're going to be leaving here, you know, graduating and leaving. Mm. And then he said, being the the comedian that he is, have you ever considered (laughs) eHarmony? I said, what? (laughs) Wow, look at him trying to take care of mom. (laughs) Because he wanted me to know, you raised me to leave. Yeah. So I'm leaving. Right. But are you are you ready to be alone? Mm. And um, it was funny to me in the moment, you know, I was like, this boy, because they've always thought that they were my my, my big brothers, you know. And, um, but it was just, you know, God was saying something to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I created someone for you and I created you for someone. Okay. And, yes, you can get it done. But I think there was a movie called Almost Christmas where the little girl is talking to Gabrielle Union's character. She's like, I can carry my backpacks, but sometimes it's just better knowing you don't have to. (laughs) I can do it all. Done it. Yeah. But the rest was when God said, but you don't have to do it alone. Yeah, that's good. And when my husband came along and it was just like, Ooh. Right. Really? What you say? And we were at this little thing, little shing bing, uh, Saturday morning with some older people from his fraternity and he's the youngest one in this chapter. And, um, they, you know, we, we still like, you know, we all googly eyed and holding hands and they were cracking up. <laughs> these two, they so in love. You know, they've been married thirty years, forty years, and they were laughing at us and stuff. I'm not gonna stop because you just drive, but you know. Right. <laughs> but before the day was over, people were walking out, holding hands, and playing with each other across the table. And mm-hmm. and one of the ladies pulled me to the side. She said, "Thank you for reminding us." Wow. And I plan wow. on going out of here just like that. That's good. Wow. Because, you know, we do get caught up in life. Yes, in life. Yes. Most and, definitely. you know, we, you know, you raise your kids, you, you go to school, you change jobs, but that, that God gave you that person as a safe place. Yes. Definitely. You know, this is the person you should laugh with, grow with, you know, um, Sometimes argue with, but I, I can honestly say in the last seven years we haven't had any arguments. We will, you know, we'll disagree about something and we walk away and come back yeah, and, same here. and say, yeah. we're going to be in agreement even if we have to agree to disagree. Right. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's so good. Yeah. But you can't get that. And I and I know it's a lot of people going to get mad when I say this. You don't. 
men are very purposeful. Mm. When when they are ready to do whatever they're ready to do, you can't make anybody do what they don't want to do. Yeah. So if if, if why would you try to manipulate and coerce someone to be with you when they don't want to? Mm. If he's That's not returning good. your phone calls or he leaves your text on red, he don't want you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, buddy. You know, um, I've had friends tell me that they are interested in dating, but like every time I get on Facebook or something like that, every post is, where is my date? Where is my Valentine? Well, a man doesn't <laughs> want to be found. <laughs> oh, gosh. Because if you go find him and you approach him, I'm not saying you can't say you're interested or whatnot, but I go back to he who finds a wife. Yeah, that's it. Because men are hunters by nature. Yeah. And if they didn't have to hunt you down, they don't want you. (laughs) Yeah, and why not? And why not be found? You know, that's that's a good point. I think the, the world has really influenced a lot of that courting and dating and looking. Um, And social media definitely hasn't helped it because as women, we are really, I've seen a lot of people, not everybody, but, you know, portray themselves as desperate almost. And it's like, you know, one post I read more recently and I, you know, sometimes I comment, sometimes I don't, but she's like, do I not deserve to be loved? Like I get that thought, I get that feeling and the emotion and um, I understand where it's coming from because I've been there. The younger Lord has been there. But to me, that's not something worth putting on Facebook. Because if there mm-hmm. is a prospect that was checking you out, you have just told everybody that you don't understand your value and your worth. And and all of a sudden it's not questioned because someone didn't didn't see it or acknowledge mm-hmm. it rather. You know, our value and our worth doesn't fluctuate based on people, circumstances or situations. It don't. It's already been defined by Christ. And um, it's so important for us, to, like you said earlier, is to dig in us. You know, Valentine's Day is something that was made up by the world anyway. <laughs> like, that mean, part. You know, like just, you know, don't limit a relationship, you know, to to that. Oh, he didn't give me roses. He can get, he should get you roses any day. You know, y'all should go out. We we don't even celebrate the day of anyway because it's crazy when it's, it's going on. We usually do the day after the day before. But in reality, if we agreed, like, hey, you know, I'm good. We are good because it's not a defining thing in the in, in the relationship. We have to really start challenging what the world has dictated to us, what mm-hmm. love looks like, and look at Corinthians where it talks about what love truly is. Yes, ma'am. You know, that literally. Hmm. Yeah, like that's a different, that's two different things. These are holidays created by man. That's two different things. I'm not saying don't celebrate it. But if you are limiting and you're not communicating to someone that is really into you, that is respectful, and he's like, you know what, I need to go take my mom out, my dad died, you know, I'm just throwing out an example, and you get take it personal, oh, he should have been, and your friend's like, girl, he should have took you out, you his girl. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're they worry about that. somebody can't have a man since they walked on the Come on, like, you need to just. <laughs> Just redefine that a little bit. And, and, and again, it goes back to value and work. If we understand who we truly are, then we're not bamboozled by this, this 
narrative that the world has given us, you know, and most men will do that. Like, it's not that, you know, I'm just giving this random example, but it's just that I see it a lot, and I just, it's that part of me, the healer part. Like, I'm just, I hate to see it because I'm like, you should never question your value. Never. 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 And a real one, let's be honest about this. If you knew that your boyfriend, significant other husband, mother just lost her man and you don't come up with the idea that he need to go take her out for Valentine's, does he really <laughs> want you? That's a good thought. <laughs> that's a good thought. Yeah, that you could be that, that, because it is just a day. Why, why do you, why would you be so concerned about a day when he treats you like trash all the rest of the day? Yeah, that's good. Oh, I know, because you want him to send those flowers to your job so you stare back and think you have a man. Make sure you look the part. <laughs> or the other way around. You know, if he's treating you like a queen, 365, you know, but he kind of, you know, he's not the person to just go with the, you know, and you just define it. Oh, wow, you didn't send me, you didn't do this. My friend, you know, again, you're misjudging and you're just seeing it from a lens that's just flawed. <laughs> like, you know, you just because we're yeah. in the selfie generation. Selfie. Yeah. I need. I need to. Like, um, my pastor was saying this probably about a year and a half ago. How many of the pictures do you throw away hmm. before you post the perfect pic? It's the perfect angle. You know, it doesn't show all your chins. Um, the, the light hits your eyes just right, so they look like they wore cocoa and they are chocolate, and you know, and they miss <laughs> that big old dip that's on the bottom of your, you know. We we always trying to get the best angle. Yeah. So then when people, so much so that when people meet the real us, that we don't even look the same. <laughs> Somebody had posted the other day, I'm tired of Facebook friends not speaking to you. Baby, I didn't even know that was you. <laughs> <laughs> You don't look like that in real life. That's so funny. That is hilarious. <laughs> but we do that so much. And so when guys see you, you look well put together, like, huh, that might be my good thing. Then they get you, huh? oh, I don't. I didn't even know who you were. You don't look like you did, you, did, <laughs> you know? Oh, that's too funny. That's, that's too not what funny. you portrayed yourself as. Yeah. And I say that because um, – I did the same thing. I mean, it wasn't a selfie thing, but I was going through some stuff, you know, and I'm trying to date. I don't know how to date. I, I got married right out of pretty much out of high school. I was stupid and dumb and everything else and never really, nobody told me how to date. I didn't know what that mm-hmm. was. And I was dating who would be, become my husband, but um, I didn't know how to do this. I'm, right. I'm, I read books. I read books, man. I don't. <laughs> I don't know how to do humans. <laughs> I gotta sleep with books in my bed. I don't know what to do with this. And so, um, a friend of mine, I had, I, I felt the spirit of the Lord saying, "Just travel." So I went to see a friend of mine I hadn't seen since fifth grade, and we called up and um, we started talking about relationships. And she said, "Well, what about you know? Are you dating someone?" And I was like, hmm. "So I got on that." And she said, well, what is the problem? I said, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> when uh, I said, I'll get into these relationships, and they always end up being somebody that wants, that wants me to take care of them, their wife. Oh. They want me to do all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, she said, well, 
but what, how do you want to be treated? And I said, I'm a woman. I like to be done for. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying I want you to pay my bills. My bills going to be paid whether you're there or not. I'm just saying, like, you know, to be be nice. <laughs> be nice to me. You right. know, be, you know, treat me good. And so I, I gave a list of things. And she said, well, I'm not trying to be funny, but I think you're the problem. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you mean? She said, because you flip it on them. Huh? She said, when um, when a man meets you, you're strong, you're independent, you got everything taken care of, you don't need nobody, you don't want nobody, you don't have time for nobody, you you, you call them when out. And I'll be honest, I I probably don't call. I don't call, I didn't call people. I talk to you when you call me. You know, I'm doing stuff. Yeah. So... <laughs> She said, so you were attracting people who were attracted to that. So they was like, okay, this is this is my fit. But the people mm. who wanted what you wanted, you weren't attracting them because there was no need for them to be there. A man wants to be where he's needed. Wow, that's good. And I had to say, shut your mouth. <laughs> because I didn't good. know I was doing that. Yeah. I'm soft and cuddly and goofy, but I wasn't showing anybody that because I was making a man have to date me for a while before he got to see who I really was. Mm. And so they were getting a bad perception, so I wanted my listeners to hear that and be real transparent because I think that, you know, all of this stuff that you're posting on Facebook, you're projecting something that may not necessarily be you, but that's all they have to see. That's good. Hmm. So you're getting exactly what you're advertising for. That's really if you're always good. talking about somebody that broke your heart or you this, that, and the other, you're going to get them, well, it's a F word that goes in front of the boys part. You're going to get those <laughs> because they're looking for somebody broken. Yep. And you're attracting exactly what you're projecting. Mm-hmm. So the question becomes, what you want? That's good. Mm-hmm. But I, I That's think good. that we don't want to put the onus back on ourselves. Yeah, we don't. The better narrative is there is not nobody that's real out here. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm so happy that I got married before all this became something, to be honest, because I would probably be like, you know what, Jesus, you don't have to put them in my path because <laughs> social media is just not the thing for me to, you know, um, they're so superficial, you know, the relationship. So to even look for somebody on Facebook to recognize you in public is interesting. Um, but, it, you know, it's a platform, and, you know, people use it as you freely will. I'm just happy that I got married way before that because it definitely complicates <laughs> everything. It complicates it everything. It does. It just, yeah, that's all I got And then, you know, you might have a good thing and y'all having some struggles, and here come this, and I use this word quite a bit, so hopefully it's not a and Here come this helpful from from high school. <laughs> seeing him doing well. <laughs> it's true. Uh, hey, big head. <laughs> it's 
you so know, a uh, long time, no see, you know. And then he's like, he never got over the fact that she didn't want to go, you know, go out with him. And it just <laughs> becomes this thing that <laughs> it shouldn't be. Yeah, that's but that's, true. that's where we are, you know. And so that's true. I love social media for what it, the doors that it opens that are also detested for the doors that it opens. Yes, you have to be wise, most definitely. Definitely, you have to be wise. So we have to seek wisdom, and I think, and and to kind of summarize what we were saying, you have to find out who you are first. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And be okay with who you are first. You know, I was even like that with jobs. You know, I would go into a job, and I'm not talking to anybody for the first three months. I'm just, you know, trying to scout everybody out, and I'm like, just be you, girl. What is wrong with you? Why? <laughs> Because my pain said, yeah, you you got to figure out who these people are. That's true. First, that's, because that's they so may hurt true. you. Yeah, that's something else right there, boy. You got to examine. You got to know. Yeah, yeah, that's good. You don't go in there just just being all willy nilly. Well, why I can't be willy and nilly? What's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with willy and nilly. Yeah. Yeah, don't don't shy away from who you truly are. That's something I would do. I would rather be the person in the room and you didn't know that I wrote books. I, you know, and and there's a part that that still exists, but I've come to understand that that goes deeper than just being humble. For me, it's like if you know all of me, then you're gonna look at me differently. Mm. And what I've come to learn is like you need to be okay with people just realizing they can't connect with you. <laughs> You know, I'm a people person. There's a person, there's a one aspect of me like you. I just, I'm quiet. You know, it's more at work, and they're like, "What's wrong with you today? Why you don't have nothing to add?" If I don't have nothing to add, I'm not gonna add nothing. That's just me. Um, but they're so used to that outgoing Laura that if I'm if I'm not saying nothing, they're like, "Ooh, what's going on? This is also me. This is also me." <laughs> Thank you. This is can also be, me. You know? Can I have five? <laughs> I'm like uh, Shrek. I have layers, man. Come on. Sometimes <laughs> right. yeah. I want to be alone. I don't want to talk. I just want to, you know, you know, yeah. it's, that's also a part of me. But there's a that's that part where I just didn't want people to know. And it had to almost come out from somebody else's mouth most of the time because I just wanted to just be. And, like, you know, you asked me that, what are you? I just, I'm Laura at the end of the day. I'm That's who I am. And I'm just excited and humbled at the same time that God has allowed me, and he has given me these different gifts and talents to be utilized. But I also want to be able to talk to a normal person (laughs) Mm. and just be in the room, you know. And there are parts where God texts me on that because there's something that someone may need, and since I ain't saying nothing, (laughs) they Mm -hmm. don't know that I have what they need you know and um so it's it's that hard battle you know so do you believe that that's birthed out of being around people those one talent people when you're a 10 talent person and their responses because i I, i'm and i'm really asking this question now because i do fluctuate with that being Mm -hmm. in the room having the answers but almost being embarrassed that i have the answers because of, of that's the protection other people have. I think that's what it is for me. That's why I said it's deeper. You know, I think mm-hmm. um, I'll give an example. One family, one parent, 
you know, they we go to school together. Her and my youngest are besties. And um, she just figured out because I happened to post it on my Snapchat. I normally don't use Snapchat that often for my, me and my kids. But um, I had a book signing, and I had these kids surrounding me with my children's book. And she was like, oh, you're right. So immediately I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, I just wanted to be that soccer mom, you know, in this mm-hmm. in this area of my life, you know. And immediately I'm thinking, okay, now how is she going to change now that she knows mm-hmm. that I've accomplished all of these other things, that I'm not like everybody else? It's, it's almost that wanting to fit in but knowing I'm different and no, I don't want to fit in. Like I, I definitely am the one that, you know, goes beyond the mode and I love to be in that lane. But I found that I have that conflict with myself where I'm just like, I just want to be normal. <laughs> like, I just want to be the like, you know, you, those Christmas movies where the prince is undercover. You know, you don't know he's mm-hmm. a prince or the princess, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't know why that's there. but and, and maybe it's rejection like you're talking about. Maybe it's the matter of that people will immediately start to minimize and put you in this box and you don't fit. You just don't fit. I just, I just don't. And a lot of times when people do decide to express themselves, like I gave the example of the neighbor that previously, previously stayed, we would talk about all different things. But once she figured out that, oh, you, you're leaving? Oh, you're going, oh, you're going to Africa next week. Oh, it, it wasn't too long after. Well, do you think that's wise? Well, hello, like you don't even know me like that. We just spoke hi and bye. How, how, how mm-hmm. all of a sudden? You know, so I think it's that part of protecting, like, I don't have time to deal with your words <laughs> about me. I just need me to be me and you to be you, you know. So a little bit of all of that is in there, I, you know, because I had yeah. a, yeah. No, 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 I was just going to say I had a similar situation, but it was at work. Um, mm-hmm. I had a friend who had gotten really, really sick. Well, someone I had went to high school with, and I feel deeply for people. I don't have to talk yeah. to you every day for, to feel deeply, like, when I tell you my heart crumbled for Vanessa Bryant. Oh, yeah. Um, like, it, so I don't have to know you. So um, yeah. a friend of mine had yeah. fallen into a coma. And oh, wow. he's been there for a while. We went to high school together. And then he ultimately passed away, you know, several weeks later. And I was walking around with that heaviness on me. Wow. At work. And I had a lot of things going on because I'm really trying to intercede for his wife and his children and and you know, and just the sadness of knowing somebody my age, you know, is is really yeah. really ill, and um, so I wasn't as talkative. Plus, I was working on getting the the podcast together, working on getting the blogs together. So I had a lot of stuff going on, and someone asked another person I was working with, you know, well, how can we make her smile again? And then that person responded, well. She doesn't feel this. She doesn't feel that. She's this, that, and the other. And I, you know, when who, what, what you talking about? You know, after I found out what's happening, I was like, why would you say that? Well, I knew that you had. I don't think about y'all when I leave here. <laughs> like you gave an impression of me that's not true, and you gave the wrong answer, and that bothered me. Well, you have been quiet. You understand the things, you know, it shows up on your face. I'm like, you don't even know what, you don't know me enough to know what's showing up on my face. That's good. Yeah. And so I was really offended by it because I was like, you don't, first of all, you don't speak for me. Your your response should have been, go ask her. 
because you don't know, you know, and I said, well, you didn't know that this, that, and the other. But, well, I understand those were big things, but let's be honest, it was really this. No, that's what you wanted it to be so that you it could cooperate how you felt. You were using my situation to, to, to voice your own situation. And that really bothered me, but I thought about that when you said that I have times where I don't want to talk. Right. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm not happy. I just want to be alone in my own headspace. Yeah. And thank God for my husband. He allows me to do that. He's like, okay, she's having her day. Let me leave her alone. You know, and he doesn't take it personal. But I, why can't I be, like you said, why can't I be the talker and the non-talker? Yes. Are why we do giving I people... <laughs> why Why do I have to be put in your box? But not only that, are we subsequently doing the same thing to other people? I, and I say that because, you know, the more that God opens these doors, the more I get a chance to be with uh, people of affluence, influence, and notoriety and fame, and they're not what you perceive them to be. Right. Hmm. That's good. Because when I, you know when I'm on stage, you get all of this wonderfulness. <laughs> I have all this personality, and I'm laughing, and oh my gosh, she! I would just hang out with. No, you don't want to hang out with me because I'm boring. <laughs> I agree. I'm definitely bored. There's another part of my life where I'm just. I like my home. I don't want people over my house all the time. Most of the come time, through, girl, come through. Somebody yes. to knock on the door. Like, who knocking? Who invited somebody? Who coming unannounced? Like, it's weird. Like, I, I like my safe space. When Yes, when my phone rings, I get I have an attitude. Why are you calling me? <laughs> Pray for me. It's okay. Because now I have to go back on stage. Yeah, that's good. And I'm tired. And I'm on stage all day. And I don't want to be on stage. I want to lay up in my bed. And watch Netflix yeah. with my husband. Yeah. When Valentine's Day came by, my husband was like, he had planned all this stuff, and it was beautiful. You know, I went to the spa, I got my nails done, all this other kind of stuff. And he's like, then we're going to go do this, we're going to do that. I said, uh, can we just go to the house? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, but I wanted to do all this. Stuff. I know, baby, I appreciate it. The thought was amazing. I'm tired. I want to go home. <laughs> because as an intercessor, maybe you understand this, and maybe it's not, you know, the the fear. Being on stage and being around people when you are an intercessor draws on your spirit so much. Definitely. Yeah, you and when I'm in around, the room. Yeah. yes, yeah, and, and I'm tired. Yes, right. Yeah, without scoping the environment, reading people, and I just gave my daughter an example. Like I asked her, I said, uh, we were talking about dating, and I said, I know exactly which which friend of yours is dating. And she's like, no, you don't. I said, okay, start naming them. And I knew them, but I wanted her to name them. And I said, are you finished? Yeah, and I told her. She's like, Mom, how did you know that? You haven't even spent time with her. Do you talk to her mother? I'm like, no, I ain't got to talk to her mom. I can see things. I can see it, mm-hmm. you know, just, mm-hmm. and and that's the part. Like, you take in, you just, you do. You're sensitive to it. Sometimes it just really weighs on it you is. and you're observing everything, what's around you, and just, oh, yeah. 
I totally get it. It's it's it weighs on you. We were my husband and I. Um, we just picked picked up and moved to a whole new state like six months ago. God told us to go. We packed up and left. And so we still haven't found our store. You know, that's my that's to, to, to me that's exciting. Let's find our grocery store. That's excitement for my life. <laughs> but, and we so we went to Kroger. And it was my first time in Kroger. I've never been in a Kroger before. And this guy sees us. He's working there. And he follows us the whole time we're in the store. Oh, wow. Just talking. I know what he's studying. I know how many kids he has, where his house is. I was like, I just want to, can you can you show me where the plant-based food is? Uh, is this the gluten-free bread? I don't, that's all I'm <laughs> yeah, y'all ought to come on hang out. Ooh, wait a minute, huh? I just walked in, I just walked in the store. I just wanted groceries. <laughs> or you or you're checking out and you've watched this cashier, she's perfectly fine. You come up and say something and everybody else says, How's your day going? Oh my god, my boyfriend brother Oh, wait a minute. What happened? <laughs> So then you're just standing there and you're like, okay, go back on me. <laughs> and you know you're there for a purpose. It's just, it gets you to the point where you're like, I don't want to go out that much anymore. And so I wonder if, is that what has happened from your experience where celebrities, when people say, well, I met her, or I met him and he was rude or uh. they were mean. You know, that's a and good really was, Yeah, really, it just was, they needed a break. Yeah, that's good. And I want to talk. It's oh, probably the case, because I know I look pretty mean when I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've heard people say that. You seem intimidating. I'm like, what about me? I'm the most friendliest person you can talk to. Mm-hmm. You need help, I'll help you. But if I'm, my mind is somewhere else. You know, and I even have one of my best, you know, bosses who was a great just business mentor. He would be like, are you all right? You know, and then he had to come to learn. Like, there's just days that there's so much going on. I don't have nothing to say. It's not personal. I understand. He would say, Laura, you don't realize you set the tone, though. Silence. Mm. You set the tone. People look to you. You know, mm. so the, the tempo of the atmosphere. And I didn't I didn't know that. I'm just being Laura. I'm being what, you know, there are days where I'm on and there's days where I'm just like, I need to just get to my office so I can, you know, whatever. And, but that was, was good. Me, you, you set the tone. They look to you. You are the inspirational leader of our team. So people are looking at you to decide how they're going to be today. I'm like, wow. oh, can I just, can I just be? You know, so then I had to realize, he caused me to realize more about my influence, not only when I'm speaking, but even in my silence. You know, and I just didn't give myself that much credit. I just didn't, you know, and I tend not to because I just want to be me, right? But, you know, when you are who you are and you are an influencer, that doesn't just happen when our mouths are open. It happens when we're silent. Also, and people don't know us enough to read that differently and just think, well, maybe she got a lot going on. Maybe there's some, you know, and he almost expected me to be on all the time. But there was times that I think 
the reason why the home is a quiet place, the safe place, that's, that's the, the time that I recuperate and I re-energize and, and I hear and I listen and I create is in those moments. And I need both things to exist. I can't have one without the other. Um, but we set the tone when we walk in the room. So that's, that's something that he has, he really caused me to be more aware of. Mm. Well, you just fooled me. I mean, I, I knew that he talked about that I, I set the temperature, you know. Um, and I remember even in church, there was home all the work in the church. Um, and I would just be like, yeah, I ain't into this today. I want to go in here and do what I got to do and get them out, you know. But when I was involved spiritually and and focused, the level of the the service was higher, mm-hmm. even though I wasn't on stage. Wow. And so I was like, oh, my goodness, mm-hmm. you know. But what you said there, because I was trying to find a way to uh, get out of this, and then I, the spirit said, but to whom much is given, much is required. It's required. Wow. Yeah. I've given you the words that they're looking for. I've given you that. So you're going to have to be on it, Kroger. You you want to be off? Go home. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's, a, that's a good thing. That's the burden because, honestly, every time I was not, what they were used to, my boss, and he was just really good at observing, which I appreciated, you know, to check that, like, are you all right? You know, when you said this, you know, even even having, because I, I you know, I don't know how to explain it, but, you know, you have foresight, right? You can see ahead of something. So when we were mm-hmm. in a training environment, you know, he would ask questions, and he's trying to draw out of the people around me. He's not trying to draw out on me because I'm already at that phase, but I'm trying to learn myself. In my mind, I'm placing myself in their shoes. So <laughs> with with the ability to see. So he's like, so do you understand where I'm going with this? And I'm like, yeah, I totally get it. And, he, you know, after the training went well, I thought. <laughs> but I find he's in my office and he's like, you know what, when you did that, you just made everybody else feel like because they, they didn't see it. You saw it. But they didn't see it. And I struggled with that because I was just like, well, how do I learn? Because I felt like he had expertise mm. that I needed to learn on my level. So how do I learn on my level if I can't say what I truly see, right? Mm-hmm. And I still don't know if I've gotten that yet. You know, I really don't know. But that was, and we did. We ended that meeting like with <laughs> to agree to disagree because I almost felt like, well, I need to learn too. So if I don't say where I'm at, then how do you draw it out of me, right? Mm-hmm. But in reality, what he was telling me is that my responsibility wasn't to myself. It was to those who wow. were around. Help, Lord. <laughs> yeah, you could have kept that to yourself. I didn't need that this morning. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, that hurt. That was a deep, that one right there. That's when he put the knife in and just kind of cut it. He turned that one. Because, like you said, to whom much is given, much is required, and that's everywhere that we go. Like, when he said go into the world, we literally have to go into the world. Yes. Literally. Um, And 
it's not a we get to choose when to be what we want to be because when we say yes it can be yes today even though god does tell us that we should rest and you know and i think he gives us moments of rest but when you have 10 talents you probably you know what i'm saying like there's a lot more work for you yeah Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not enjoying this at all. I appreciate you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Same here. You made me think about some things. Like, Man. Because this belt is not nice. Because um, <laughs> it's so much fun, you know, when you get to somebody that is like you and you're like, hey, yeah, let's see. Uh-oh. Here's another one. Let's feed off of each other. And we're like, okay, cool. Yeah, me too. And God said, okay, now I'm about to hit both of y'all. Yeah. Oh, man. Get that. Mm-hmm. Get that. Really well. Because we do, we're attracted to our misery, but in all honesty, we should be attracted to our ministry more than our misery. That's good. And it, you want, and, and that's how I have a friend of mine who I just adore. She's the nut. She's a complete stone cold nut. But, she said, I know who to call when I want to do right. <laughs> she said, if I want to do something wrong, I'm not calling you. <laughs> it's good that you know. I, I don't like the ones that that just call you to waste your time and you didn't give out the pearls. You know, it's good for the ones mm-hmm. to know and be like, you know what, Laura, I don't want to talk to you today. And I know that yeah. for myself. Like, I just want somebody to entertain my vent right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't. can't and so there, here comes a question, and we're, as we're, we're moving into our, our third segment, and I'll hit that last sponsor at the end. I'm not worried about it. But here's a question. Where mm-hmm. do the healers go mm-hmm. to be Ooh, healed? That's, that's really, really good. Well, you're asking some questions I haven't been asked. Um, Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. You're making me think um, deeper to the, yeah, the source. Um, what I've learned, uh, for me, it has to be God. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and and that's why, you know, my first book talks about a rising into intimacy with God is vital to that transition from past. Because a lot of times we do, like, I, you know, there's layers definitely to it, but we do transition out of our past. But the person or or God, for me, it's God. I can't speak to nothing else, quite honestly. People do that. I just, it's hard because it's, it's, it's just, I can't. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. you have to transition, like your connection point, your source is key to the purpose. It's vital. And, um, there's times, I'll give an example where as a younger person, even before marriage where, you know, people would, you know, they have a moment where they're speaking over people, they're prophesying. And it got to a point where God just wouldn't allow no one. You hear me? Like, they couldn't tell me nothing. (laughs) If they Mm -hmm. did say something, it was so broad that it gave no clarity to me, being the receiver. And I would know that what they were saying was from God, but it would be so broad that it had no Mm -hmm. sense of clarity and he was teaching me something, and I, because I would go back and ask, well, why, why, he, why they were so specific with so and so, and such and such, but when it comes down to me, literally, and once they move forward from me, they would get back specific, yeah. 
Yeah. And and he was like, because I need you to seek me, my faith. I will be the one that guides your steps. I will be the one to lead you and guide you. So for me, it has to be him because, like you said, you know, like even the Kobe Bryant, my heart was broken. I don't know if I could do anything. I had to the point I had to just turn off the news. I had to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, if I hear something on TV, I stopped for a while looking at the news because it would just my heart would just go out to that person, that situation. I would be angry. I would be like, oh my god, you know, like mm-hmm. I've had all of these different reactions and. And and um, just feeling into that person's emotions and brokenness, um, I have to go back to my intimate relationship with God, and He checks me if I'm stepping out of that, meaning like not spending as much time as I need to, mm-hmm. and I can tell when I'm I'm doing that. And and last mm-hmm. week was one of those weeks where I just was like, hmm, kind of all over the place, like okay, I'm not jiving and creating like I normally do. What's what's going on? And it was partly because one part of my life, my work life, was not as organized as it needed to be because of work. Not because of me, but because of the way work was being. And it caused everything else to feel that way for me. And I have to go back to the source. So I have to go outside. I have to go walk and just spend time with God and realign with him. And um, it's so vital for us to have that place where we are being poured into because what's what's easy for us is just poor, poor, poor. And that's why I believe we get quiet. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times mm-hmm. it's like, I can't do no more. I'm tired. I'm tired of feeling. I'm tired of sensing. I'm trying to, you know, it's in us, though, to look, to perceive, to understand, to pray about, to get clarity. Like, it's, all, it's an automatic reaction. Looking at somebody that stands out, all of a sudden I'm praying, like, okay, God, what about that person? Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. It's, just an, it's just an in, you know, then now you're seeing stuff that you're like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. <laughs> you know, so you're always extending and, you know, just giving out of yourself. But it's so important for us to not have this surface level relationship with God. Yeah. It is vital for us not to just just go to church, mm-hmm. just attend something, and think that that's enough for us. It's not. It's just not. It's not sufficient. Nor will it ever be. And we will always feel like we're missing something if we minimize our relationship with God to that point. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's for everybody. But especially those who are givers and you're giving out in so many different parts of your life, it's even detrimental to you, you know, because you have to be poured into. And the best example that comes to mind, and a friend actually made me aware of it when I was younger in my 20s, was the woman with the issue of blood and how she Mm -hmm. took from Christ. Like, he felt like some stuff going, like, what, what, who, to the point that he had to turn around. And this is Christ. This ain't just a regular human being. Right. She took some virtue from him, and mm-hmm. she gave that as an example to me. Like, you, too, have to go, like Jesus would do, and step away and be poured back into. Literally, mm-hmm. you cannot just give, 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 and think you're not going to be physically tired, because then we think, oh, it's just because I'm tired, I'm, I didn't work hard, I didn't. And it's not. You need to get that spiritual nourishment yourself. And we really mm-hmm. should be pouring from a place of overflow. We shouldn't be pouring from a place of like this is what I have. So oh, and it's good. hard. It's a hard balance. It's a hard balance because you. What I've realized, especially this year, is just a new season where, like the other night, I, the other night I wrote a children's book. <laughs> like within, you 
know, I'm just sitting in the tub and I just see the characters. I, I see the words. I'm like, oh, this is this is the next one. I've been waiting on this. And my friends laugh at me. They're like, oh, what are you doing, climbing Himalayas? What do you, you know? If I'm not in that lane, though, I feel like, ooh, mm-hmm. something's off. And mm-hmm. a lot of times it's because I haven't went back to the source. I haven't reconnected. I haven't spent enough time being poured into and remembering where my source comes from. So that's where it is. And it's never going to be sufficient with the person. We tend to attach our relationships. I think when we do that, even in a, in a spousal situation, we are mishandling that person. And we're giving them too much credit. <laughs> yeah. And we're putting a burden on them bigger than what their shoulders can handle. It is never meant for a relationship in on this side of heaven to be that mm-hmm. source. It, it has always we've been created to be connected to our creator who is limitless in what he can give us. So that's the place. It's that intimate relationship for me. It has to be and it can't be superficial because I'm just, I, I can't, I'm beyond that. Like, you know, we don't need that. You don't need that in, in, in the creator. <laughs> you don't need that. And he doesn't want that. So, but we tend to do that on earth. So we tend to relate to him that way and think, oh, let me check this off the box. I've spent time with Jesus. <laughs> and he's like, mm-hmm. no, honey, I need you to sit down and eat. And this is a good example. Last year, um, I was comfortable. He really checked me on my comfort. He was like, oh, you real good. You comfortable, ain't you? got your feet kicked up. And I'm like, yeah. So I come across because I wanted to share something with some ladies and, you know, and just dig. So I come across the scripture that's more common. Um, he uh, it talks about blessed is the one who hunger and thirsts after righteousness for he shall be filled. So I said, Lord, give me a new revelation about that because I've heard it. And, you know, you heard the sermon of the Beatitudes. So what yeah. he showed me was that what happens a lot of times, and, and this is a picture of our society. You know, he said, just think about Thanksgiving. Your friends come over, you've created this feast. What if everybody sits down, they nibble, communicate, they're talking, blah, 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 blah. They leave. You look back at the table. Most of the food is still there. All the food that you've prepared and you've sweat, you know, all that work you put into Thanksgiving meal. Most of it is still there. It's not even, it's barely touched. But you felt like, wow, my friends came over, they spent time with me. He said, that's how y'all do me. I prepared this feast before you. You sit down at the table. You have this cordial, very surface-level conversation, but you don't eat with me. My you Lord. don't take in all that I've prepared for you. You just sit and you go and you think and you, like, wave by. You go about your business like that's enough. He said, but those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. And the only way that you can you know, entice a hunger is to eat more. It's like that grandma cooking, like, oh, grandma, this is good. I'm going to get seconds. I'm going to get mm-hmm. thirds because it's so good. You forget about your limited capacity in your physical stomach because you're like, I don't care. You know, we give ourselves permission and they've given to overeat. And it's the same idea with God is that once we sit and we truly, like, fellowship with him and dine with him, that hunger increases more and more and more for us. So that's that's how he explained it for me. Like, don't come up in here with this surface-level chit-chat that y'all do with these little appetizers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I never I never provide appetizers. I, I he, he prepares a table before us in some ways, in the presence. So it's, it's a feast, and um, we just have to take time to sit and be with him and stop 
and listen and take in. And he wants to hear about our day. He wants to, you know, all of that. But he also wants to talk and pour into us. That is so good. You know, while you were talking, of course, I was just listening, and he reminded me about, I, you know, he does everything. The verse we know, we see it in the physical, and it represents mm-hmm. something or reflecting something in the spiritual. And so um, a few years back, um, well, let's start in high school. And high school had an eating, an eating disorder, and mm-hmm. it was really pretty much birthed out of poverty. You know, I had learned just not to eat. Mm. Can't eat what you don't have, right? Right. And right. so I learned to be able to cause myself internal pain that people couldn't see by not eating. Because, you know, if you have some kind of pain, then, of course, you know you're still alive. Right. And so um, I had just developed this habit of not eating. So I I typically stayed pretty small, but then when I had my kids, it went completely opposite and became quite quite a bit overweight. Well, we found out later there was other issues going on, but... I was at the doctor a few years ago, maybe about 10, 12 years ago, and um, my my doctor at the time, she said, I, I'm going to ask you a question. And I said, okay. And she said, do you want to die? I'm sorry, what? Mm-hmm. She said, do you want to die? And I was like, no, why would you ask me that? And she said, well, then you need to eat. Wow. Your body is in starvation mode. So it's holding on, you know, and and I heard God was telling me, your spirit is in starvation mode. You are holding on to words I gave you a long time ago. Hmm. You holding on to teachings I showed, but it's more to me. I got some stuff that I ain't told you about. I I got stuff ain't nobody else talked about. You know, I go to a very, uh, a very knowledge, I mean, everybody knows. When I, you know, my pastor, like he, he's the world's pastor. I'll just put it like that in. And there's things that he has preached recently that I, I preached 20 years ago. Not saying that he was behind times. I'm just saying that, this, you know, that was the level of. I'm, yeah. I'm sitting there listening to him. Uh, my husband is, you know, he's eating it, and I'm like, he's looking at me because I'm saying the same thing he's saying, and I know what he's saying, and you know, and I'm sure there's other people in the room, but this was this was the level of relationship that I was on, you know, at the time, and God said, you know, so the doctor told me, you can never get hungry because when you get hungry, you'll eat anything. Hmm. You have to eat. He said, instead of trying to eat three big meals, you need to eat about seven to eight meals small meals a day for the mm-hmm. level of living that you need to do. Wow. And when I'm wow. not in God's face sometimes between five, six, seven times a day, yeah, I won't ever be on the level that I need. Because when you keep um keep him before you like that, you you're so you're so focused on him and eating the word that you you'll miss out on all this little stuff, the chatter. Pastor talked yeah. about that a, a couple of weeks ago, the distractions, the chatter. You'll miss out on the chatter because you still focus on, on purpose. Yes, that's good. But when you're not eating, you see the Arby's commercial. <laughs> you know, so you see all these other things and you begin to, to snack on anger. You snack on hatred. You snack on, you know, all this other stuff because you're still just trying to be fed because you're hungry. And mm-hmm. so when you're hungry... So when you're hungry, um, 
you you if you're not full, you'll get hungry, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that makes and sense. And so he told me to always stay full so I don't get hungry. Mm, that's good. And it wasn't until you said that, because that, I, I was talking to God, and I was like, okay, now, you were giving me all these wonderful ideas and stuff, but now, you know, they're slowing down because you're not, you didn't got hungry. You didn't stay fed. You got to, you have to pick up your meals. Because, you know, have you noticed, like, if you eat one big meal, it's almost like you're like, oh, I can't move, I can't do it. So you're trying to get me all at one time, but I need you to talk to me all day long. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was my last week. <laughs> and and every every year, my husband and I, our family, we do a um, a, a vision board for our family. We, the boys have their size, and then my husband and I, we have a, a top and a bottom, and then in the middle is the vision for the family. And this year was so difficult for me to figure out, what am I going to put on there? And then about two weeks ago, God said, this is your vision for this year, this your this year. Because then I, I, everybody been dancing, oh, this is the year, I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it. He said, oh, you're going to get it, but this is what I want you to get, balance. Mm. Learn to balance. Wow. Because I'm the kind of person, if I'm going to play, I'm going to play. And then I may, I, I wake up three weeks later and I have played, ain't done nothing, had nothing accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or if I'm focused, I, I don't sleep. Yeah. yeah I'm in the office right creating there. all day long. I can, yes, I can be in that just. Okay. And I'm then in my, if I'm in boo mode, boo mode, then all I want to do is lay up under my husband. Yeah. And God said, I need you to learn how to balance. Mm, so good. he keeps throwing all these things on my plate because he said, I want you to learn how to balance. You got to learn how to balance and walk. You got to build and fight. Mm. Wow. That's good. A well-balanced meal. You got to have a little yeah. sweet in there. You need yeah. something that's going to sustain you. Right. But like you said, we got to go to him. Mm-hmm. For everything. everything, this has been you know. I, I I think I fall in love with everybody that I talk to, and I say it all the time. It's become I hope not cliche, but I just adore you. Um, it's like talking to myself, which is kind of scary, but at the same time, <laughs> very comforting because you know we, the type of people we are, a lot of times we do feel alone. Yeah, definitely. Even if we're in crowds, and so I thank yeah. you for your time. Um, before we go, I wanted to give you an opportunity. How do we get your books? Where do we see you? Where's your website? Just make it all about you. Make it pretty and paint it for our, our audience because I'm sure they want to get to know you more too. Yes, definitely. So I have my um, – where you can get my books, my personal website is Laura D. Williams. So it's L-O-R-A-D. Williams with an S dot com. Um, and you can purchase all four of my books there. If you want an autographed copy, then you would go through the PayPal link. Um, but my books are also available on Amazon. So that's, you know, everybody shops Amazon. It's available there. Um, in regards to events, um, Facebook, I think, would be the best place to connect with me. And it's just spelling my name correctly. There's, a, there's actually a lot of L-O-R-A's in the world. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize that until I started Googling myself. I'm like, oh, there's a lot of people. 
but just check me out on my Facebook page, um, and that's usually where you will see me post where I'm going next, um, not so much on my website. Um, you can al- always contact me through my website. That email comes directly to me. Um, I do have an IG um, that I'm using a whole lot more than I did before, um, and again, same name. So it's just looking at looking for picture and just making sure it's me and nobody else. <laughs> That part. Um, yeah, that part, yeah. Just making sure it's me. But um I, I'm in you know, if you follow my Facebook mainly you'll see that I do I just um started a show called Arise and Be Fit and um and part of that be fit mean meaning to build on the foundation of truth and intimacy. Um so I I go around and I interview some of the people that I know, I don't know. Um, to give them a platform to to encourage and inspire. I think a lot of times we're just so bombarded with the negative, and we actually have an affinity to that. So Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that, you know, like this podcast, all these different avenues that we're able to give a different narrative and show people that there's good in the world, and people have overcome Mm -hmm. their past, and they're doing amazing things. So that's really what Arise and Be Fit is about, And, and there's a lot of truth that comes through there, um, I love the word, um, so you will definitely hear that. That's the foundation of who I am. But lately, um, weekly, I do post a focus point. And last week, I um, released a song. I, well, I've released it in two years now, but my, my single called Something Beautiful. And my last week's focus was about challenging that perception of ourselves that we see in the mirror, that a lot of times we have accepted the old narrative, and we are just constantly – seeing ourselves through the lens of our past and that my song something beautiful at the end the word says um, when you look in the mirror what do you see and I respond mm-hmm. I see a mighty warrior looking at me um, and so I'm challenging the audience I'm challenging the people that are connected to me are you mm-hmm. seeing that mighty warrior that God has created or are you still seeing out of the lens of your pain your loss and your experiences and if so I need you to start challenging that image and um, receive a new image that God has created you as. It's not something that's far-fetched. I think a lot of people think, you know, yes, we do have to make decisions, and I talk about that in my weekly post, you know, to line up with that image, but it's already in you. It's yeah. already in you. Um, so those are the platforms. My website, Laura D. Williams. Facebook is the bigger one if you want to know where I'm at, where I'm going, um, in regards to book signings and um, speaking engagements, that's really where I keep people posted and updated at. And I do have my Instagram. Awesome. Well, I have enjoyed our time together. Hopefully we'll get a chance to do this again. I have something that I'm working on, listeners, and um, just pray. Uh, it's it's a pretty nice vision. It's a pretty big vision, but I really, really, really believe this is where we're going to go in our yes. next things and I um I definitely want want will want you to be a part of it. I love what we do here, but mm-hmm. I want to bring it to my listeners and so I'm working on um doing these uh location sip and chats where I, I bring that. I'm going to bring uh the the people that I've interviewed and maybe others and we're just going to have some time with the women, and we're going to sit, and we're going to talk, and we're going to have some fun. We're going to laugh. We're going to cry, and we're going to feel better. Uh, and so uh, yes. just building that is a tour. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, 
because I, I, as much as I love this and we're in the cars with people and we're in there, you know, we're listening to us at the gym, I want this a place to, for us to come and just be together. And I don't think okay. that we can do it enough. I don't get intimidated mm. that there are other people doing this kind of stuff. Right, right. Because there's come enough on. ministry and harvest for us all. Yes, definitely. You know, yes, I um, need to hear that. That's perfect. Definitely. It's okay, you know. Be, I don't believe in oversaturation because if it's the good stuff, none of these other we talk shows it. that are not talking about bad things, they don't care that it's another show five minutes later talking about the same thing. They will talk about the same thing. Oh, my God. You watch CNN, MSBC, or um, Fox. Yes. They all talk about the same stuff. That's so true. <laughs> That's so true. But we, as creators, sometimes like, oh, well, somebody's already doing it. But they, but they're not you. Yes, not you. They're not doing it the way it's that not you can you. do it. Come on now. That's right. And so we have to be where God calls us to be. And that that's my next big thing. So we're going to go on tour here. It'll probably start in Texas, and then we'll try to expand out. But hopefully we can get – my plan is to get that started for this summer. And um, so we all can just congregate, love on each other, have some good yeah. music I've got. Uh, we can sing and cry and laugh and, yeah. and come out better. Definitely. I love that. I love that. Yes, yes, yes. Love well, it. And thank you so much. I I, I count thank you on my new list of friends that I don't have to talk to. <laughs> we'll, we'll be able to feel each other. And like Definitely. Yes. <laughs> no, but if any time you ever need my assistance or you need me to do anything, count me as there. Um, if you ever need you need to um, uh promote something, I'm here. Call me, let me know, and we'll get you on. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Same here. Well, go enjoy your day, your husband, and your coffee, and I will move on to the next thing that I got scheduled today. But, (laughs) again, I count it as a privilege. And my sisters, Laura, do not forget to go check out everything that she has. She, You've heard her for the last hour and a half. She's a beautiful woman of God. Um, but even if she wasn't, but she is. She's beautiful. you got to see her picture. She's absolutely gorgeous. Um, oh, go, and, go and support. Go and support her because she's doing good things. And I, I, I don't have a whole lot to say. I'm really here. I'm over the moon. I'm inspired. I feel like I can, I can run again. i got to go repeat yeah. that a little bit. Um, (laughs) I just got all kinds of whoopings up in here on this conversation. But at the end of the day, we're here. Remember, she always, she always learns through it. She always loves through it. And she always lives through it. And then if she gets everything that she's supposed to get, she'll even learn to laugh through it. I love you guys. Mm. Don't forget to check out uh, the blog on salty.blog. We just posted another one, But Did You Die? Got to go read that salty dot blog, and then of course last week we had friends, girlfriends, and I mean uh, living single friends and girlfriends. Go read it; mm-hmm. it'll make you laugh, but but then it'll probably make you cry. I love you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you. All right. Goodbye.